Well, hello, friends. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, and welcome into the show that we call The Cough Show. No, it's the uh, it's Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour, presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. I've got the hoodie himself, Olin Buchanan, who uh, brings the heat every morning. Good morning, OB. Good morning. I, uh, I guess we're trying to follow your lead. The hoodie week? Yeah, that's all I, I've that done you hoodies the, this uh, week, yeah. You even had the stacked one on uh, earlier this week, I believe. Isn't that the same one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's had that one. Like yeah, I, I wore it for the lead. first time, I think, th- ever this week. I think ever since ho- Halloween, I've just been... Hoodie season? Trying to, you know, li- you know, become the Nuno imposter. You should, man. You, yeah, you, your hair looks better than mine. Well, let's not go... Let's not get crazy. Well, let's, let's get crazy, buddy. So, hey, I did have a Thanksgiving topic. I, oh, okay. So, hold on. Let me I just, love Thanksgiving. I'm not a huge, let's have a show topic guy, like, yeah. and then, oh, fill up the three-hour show. Every once in a while, I think it's good to have a show topic. Today's the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm asking, it doesn't have to be your favorite side dish, but what's your favorite meal at Thanksgiving, favorite side dish? Because I think different cultures have, Thanksgiving overall in the United States, everybody has the same things. In a Cuban house, we throw in a little Cuban flair to it. That's so, what that rice with the black beans arroz, in it, yeah, with the coconut negros. milk. Uh, no, we don't do the coconut milk, okay. but we do arroz y frijoles negros. We do uh, yuca on Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, so we do, we do a little bit of that. You, you, or I think as you guys call it, you guys, Americans, yuca. Yeah. Or yucca. 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 Uh, yeah, the uh, the wife, you know, being from uh, having roots in Honduras, uh, we get a lot of that rice with the black beans in it, mm-hmm. which makes it with coconut milk. and Delicious, yeah. It's pretty pretty tasty. So what is uh, your, your favorite side dish? Oh, dressing. It? Dressing? Yeah. I mean, it's the only time I eat it. Now, we used to do turkey and dressing at Christmas, too, but that was when mom was with us, and, you know, she's, you know, passed on. But uh, so now it's just Thanksgiving, and I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I really like you it. You like dressing? I really like it with uh, some with some brown gravy on it. Mixing in my turkey. I'm not a big dressing guy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. My grandmother used to make it straight from cornbread and, uh, uh, you know, have some celery in it. Oh, yeah, I like dressing. As I look forward to the dressing more than the turkey, which, by the way, and I know we're probably not supposed to do this. I've never really liked turkey. And then I found the 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 famous meat market here in town. That I haven't been yet. That, that – uh, Sells the smoked turkey. Oh, I can recognize oh, it. Yeah. It is it is amazing. I discovered that like four years ago, and I go every year. I bought two of the Reedfield smoked turkeys this year. And I look, they're not even a sponsor, as far as I know. Yep. And I'm not. I'm just telling you something that's really good. So there. There you go. I uh, so I said this to Dalton the other day. Do you consider macaroni part of a Thanksgiving? Because yeah. I feel like I have it often on Thanksgiving. We, we have it. I love macaroni. We don't have anything green. You know what I hate. I wish they wouldn't even put it, and we're having it. And I wish they wouldn't even put it on the table. I don't know why people like it. It's a survey, yes or no. Green bean, green casserole. bean casserole. I knew you were going there. Looks like someone threw up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, and, I, and and put some toasted onions on it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a big green bean guy anyway. I eat it, but like it's not my thing. No. I like green beans the way you know southern green beans, where there's so much meat in it, you hardly t- taste the green yeah. beans. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're. Other than green bean casserole, there will be nothing green on our table. Nothing green on your table. Huh. No. I think we'll have green. We, we won't, won't have, have salad. No salad. We won't have 
green beans. We won't, except for in the casserole, we won't have peas. No peas. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm eating. I'm watching. I'm going to, I'll try to sleep late. I won't. Okay. I'll get up. I'll spend a little time talking to my son and his friends who are there and everybody else. And then people start arriving. I will look forward to watching the Lions. Then I'll look forward to watching the Cowboys. Okay. And then I'll probably watch the Egg Bowl. Okay. Or whatever. And back and forth to whatever game is NFL games on. A lot late. of football. Yeah. That's what I'll do. And I'll look. And in between, I will eat. I will relax. Any thoughts I have about food, I will eat. Uh, I will eat dessert, maybe two, maybe three. It's it's Thanksgiving. It's it's a. Uh, it, it's time to just just gorge enjoy. Don't worry about the the calories or anything. Just for that day, it, it's like the purge. You know the movie The Purge. Yeah, yeah. You I never do, watched it, but you, you do kill it. people, yeah. do anything you want, anything. Go that day. I'm not going to kill anybody except maybe myself. Right. But that day. Everything goes, and then toward the end of the day, I'll, I'll probably have to purge. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely have to purge, <laughs> no doubt about that. So, typically, it is just football, but this year on Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. we've got a little World Cup. Oh, basketball? Is there basketball? Well, I don't have a oh, sorry. I don't have a uh, a soccer ball to uh, to there, hit. There's one down there. Oh, but uh, so oh, that's what. It if you want to like. wake up at 4 a.m., which I know you're typically awake anyway, it's Switzerland, Cameroon. No, no interest in that, right? Um, probably not. I would like to visit Switzerland. I've never really wanted to visit Cameroon. How about uh, at 7 a.m., Uruguay? Cameroon, isn't that those, uh, no, that's, I was going to say, isn't that those French cookies, but that's a macaroon. Macaroon, yes. Okay. Uh, you got Uruguay and Uruguay, South. Uruguay, actually, I, I like them. You like them? Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, a couple years ago, um, what's his name? A bit a bit of player? No, not, I don't know anything about that. It's okay. just they look like uh, their fans – Look like they're always having a party. They're like the the the, the little stepbrother or whatever the the Brazilians. They're kind of like them. Okay, so oh. I, I like the uh, Uruguayans like that. Well, then Group H, 10 a.m. I'm I know you're into this one. Ghana, Ghana versus Portugal, 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 Ghana and Portugal. CR7 Ronaldo plays there. Yeah, I knew you knew that. And then your favorite. At one o'clock tomorrow, because there's a lot of soccer along with the NFL and college football. Brazil, Serbia. See, I, I like the Brazilians. You do. Do as the Brazilians. Uh, huh? Just do it like they do. Yeah, it. just do it like the Brazilians and the Uruguayans. And I was surprised yesterday. Look at this. Look at his memory. Look at the, how much soccer he watches. You told me who scored yesterday for uh, France. Uh, the guy with uh, with the funny name. Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe. So Quinn was watching a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't believe they had it on. And then it was funny. I, this is no lie. This is the guys on the street. So I sit there and I watch for about five minutes. And I'm just trying to, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just can't get into this. And I thought, and, but the, they, they were close to scoring Score, goals. Yeah. So I'm not going to And I, now, so I walked away. They probably scored three they, goals. No, they scored a goal. Like I heard them say it as yeah. soon as I, so I came back. And they never showed the replay while I, because I didn't spend a lot of time. I came back to say, okay. And, so I stood there and, and, and tried to watch it for a little while to see if I'd see it go. And then I'm, I'm talking about I walked away for like 10 seconds and they scored a goal. If I remember correctly, that game was 4-1, to one, the equivalent of a 28-7 to seven typical NFL game. I think that goal, goal made it 3-1. to one. It didn't make it 3-1? to one? Yeah, yesterday France wins 4-1. All right, that's enough soccer for right now. Any uh, football thoughts from an A&M perspective um, as we get uh, to Thanksgiving? Any, anything? How about this? 
Because I, I did want to ask you this. What are you thankful for sports-wise? Oh, I got a lot of things to be thankful for sports-wise. A&M sports-wise. Okay. Um, I'm thankful that uh, Connor Wigman has taken over as quarterback. Yep. I'm thankful that he is willing to run. I'm thankful that A&M still has a, a good future because uh, of so many talented players in the, in the lower classes. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that all indications are that uh, Jimbo Fisher is going to give up play calling duties and hire an offense coordinator. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that too. Um, I'm thankful that we've had – I'm thankful that Devon A. Chain and Evan Stewart are probably going to be back in the lineup. But if they're not, I'm so thankful that I will have had a chance to watch Devon A. Chain, Damani Richardson, Antonio Johnson, and a lot of players of that ilk that have played for Texas. And I'm thankful that, you know, they've given us a lot of uh, – a lot of – entertainment and joy watching them play at a high level while representing Texas A&M. I hope I'm thankful for this season. And what I mean by that is I hope this disastrous season is worth it next year, that the necessary changes came because of this bottom that A&M has hit, right? And because of that next year, all the things we had hoped for this year, but we kind of in the back of our mind maybe thought, I don't know about this office. I don't know if they can really do it. I hope those things, because of this year, change, and now we're thankful for going through the tough times to get to the top that we we you know anticipate or hope to see one day. Yeah, uh, I bet you've seen this movie. I'm gonna we'll talk about this later because I don't I don't want to take up the whole first segment like we typically do. That movie is coming up at eight twenty. How about that? Whatever movie. Pain that and is. gain. Huh? Pain and gain. Who's in it? The oh, Rock, the Rock. Oh, I, I, with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. I haven't watched it. I've seen the trailer. Right, it's a big muscle, guys. I thought you'd be all over that movie. <laughs> I thought your favorite two movies would be Pain and Gain and Magic Mike. <laughs> and Scarface. Okay. Three, three of them. <laughs> I can guarantee you I've never watched Magic Mike. I haven't either. The wife went with some girlfriends. I said, yeah, go. So I don't have to go watch that crap. <laughs> You just put muscles and magic mic on on me on the air. Oh my! They're muscular guys. I don't like other muscular guys. I like me being the muscular guy. <laughs> I thought maybe you just like the idea of being. You know. No. Oh my! God. How did you get there? I'm gonna go anorexic for the rest of the year. Thanks, Obi. Either that or you're gonna start stripping. Well, <laughs> my OnlyFans page is private. All right, let's go behind the glass. You're, you're familiar with OnlyFans. I've heard about it, but I've yeah. never actually experienced it. I've seen your browser history. Do not tell OB about OnlyFans. <laughs> I know what it is. I just don't. Oh, boy. You know, I don't do stuff like I don't yeah. partake of such things. Miss Gavin, you had something to say? I would really hope that you do not partake in the OnlyFans action. He doesn't. Only- if it, look, if it requires paying, I ain't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newspaper, uh, OnlyFans, you name it. New York I, Times crossword puzzles. I, I ain't paying for, for nothing. Nothing. If I don't have to. We are paying by the hour for Nick Savage. <laughs> Nick Savage. Actually, by, by the year. Nick, good morning, sir. Good morning, y'all. Uh, going back to y'all's conversation about uh, Thanksgiving foods and whatnot. OBM with you. Turkey, not good. Ham is where it's at. 
mac and cheese is definitely the best side. Um, and that's really it. What about like sweet potato, Love sweet potato. Uh, with some marshmallows on top? Oh, At least that's what my nah, dad. So you just ruined it for How? him. That's because he likes to. David wants you've been, you've you. You've been out to eat with me a lot. David you know. wants the raw sweet potato. Just clean the dirt off and let him eat it. As soon as you put some cinnamon and some brown sugar and some uh, melt some marshmallows on top of it, uh, you've lost him. Yeah. Because he might he might gain an ounce. David's plate no. would just be unseasoned turkey and we're talking uh, about magic david yeah. here he's yeah. not gonna be <laughs> he's not gonna be eating that stuff for the record i think i eat more than you on our road trip <laughs> yeah it's all broccoli <laughs> you can't you could have a pound of broccoli it's like 35 calories no not true you're the only guy i've ever seen ordered wings with a side of broccoli well and i did have some french fries i had a couple of years because you got the extra thing i had <laughs> couple, a, few, I have a couple. <laughs> nine and let me have a couple of those from the fat guy, but uh, <laughs> just to show I'm still one of the people. <laughs> Nick, what else? I don't know, man. Just ready for the break. Uh, ready to watch a lot of football, like like y'all said, and uh, gonna be gonna be a fun weekend. Good to see the family again. No World Cup for you? No, none, none at all. Nil, as as you might say, David. Um, I do want to ask you how last night was. I know you got to hang out here with uh, the great Josh Pate. Yeah, it was cool. I got to hang out and kind of see their production. That's more so what I was looking at and, and seeing how they run things, seeing what I can learn from that, and got to meet Josh. He's a really nice dude, and uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to see. Really impressive. I, I on, To be honest with you, I had never really listened or watched one of his shows all the way through. Last night was the first time I ever have, and I'm, I'm really impressed. I mean, he's spot on on a lot of things i think he is very fair in his analysis yeah. he's tough when he needs to be tough um he's not hot sports take jake guy like he's he's really good at what he does i appreciate him he uh he texted me this morning and he felt weird sitting in my chair hmm. i was like buddy that chair you know he's a big muscled up guy too yeah he if i like magic mike just saying you know yeah i've never watched magic mike to make sure that's clear <laughs> Kennedy, don't answer if you have. Welcome back to the show, Kennedy I Kevin. bet she's watched No, it. we're not no, going No, I actually have not. My mother yeah. did not let me watch it when I was younger, and I still have not. Didn't that movie just come out? I don't think so. I mean, there might it, have been like the... It, it came out when I lived in Tennessee. Because oh, has it I been remember, that long, yeah, really? because I remember my wife going with her girlfriends. They're on. making a new one. Magic Dave. I think it's Dr. Mike now. Magic Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the show back on track, Kennedy, shall we? We shall. Okay, so women's basketball is set to take on Texas State today at 4 p.m. in Reed Arena. And volleyball's Allison Fields and Elena Karakasi earned spots on the 2022 College Sports Communicators Women's Volleyball Division I Academic All-District Team after successful seasons on the court and in the classroom. Congrats. That was a mouthful, but yes, congratulations. And then in men's swimming and diving, Baylor Nelson was tabbed as the Southeastern Conference Men's Freshman of the Week announced by the league office Tuesday afternoon. Congratulations, Mr. Baylor Nelson. Yeah. That's, a, that's an underrated sport, diving. Yeah. That's hard to do. I, I could never do it. Until they put the can opener in, then I could probably do that. But, you know, to be twist your body and go into the water just perfectly – Without making a splash. What sports right now, if we did like an Olin Olympics, would you be really good at right now? Like today? Right. Today? No. Okay. In a week. None. Uh, Baseball? 
Like no. not, I'm not talking like 95 mile per hour. Like no, we go no. to the batting cage. I, I was never 60. good at baseball. I was never good at baseball. Wide receiver, catch a. I can catch. Yeah, yeah. throw. Uh, I've got a rag arm. Okay. Plus, I don't know if you've ever noticed my shoulders all been jacked up for. You've told about me 30 years. Kick, kick a soccer ball. I can't. I mean, I can kick it. I could kick with your a, toe though. Not like. I mean, I could kick a. I could kick when I was two years old. You know, you put the ball roll out. You kind of toddle over there and kick it. Hey, I'm playing soccer. European kickball. Let's go to big shops right now. <laughs> One place that allows anybody to come except Olin. Uh, Anthem Kitchen and Bar. Just kidding. You're allowed to go there, too. The restaurant inside of uh, Big Shots Golf. A sports bar built for every fan. It's a great hangout place. Plenty of seating for your entire crew. So, Obi, I know you got a lot of people in town this week. Not a bad idea to go check out uh, Big Shots. You can go there. You can eat. You can watch your games out there. You can go play a little golf out there, right? Uh, Scratch-cooked menu items out there. They've got uh, fun each day with the dueling piano events, the trivia nights for happy hour. You name it, they have it out there. Handcrafted cocktails, brunch, and, of course, bold flavor. Fresh food made from scratch. Straight from the Big Shots Golf Kitchen. Become a fan of the Anthem's uh, favorite menu items like the PB and Jam Burger. Masterpieces loaded up with two patties, crisp peppercorn bacon, onions caramelized to perfection, and wait for it, peanut butter and wild berry jam to give it a namesake. It is uh, Big Shots Golf. Visit the website, anthem.bigshotsgolf.com. No satisfaction here on the show, Tex-Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. So I got a couple of things to read on the YouTube chat, and then I want you to respond to them, OB, because I've got an answer for okay. the peoples. Uh, first off, Josiah White says, good morning, love the show. Deep fried turkey over smoked or mm. baked every time. Um, our friend Randy Trujillo says he had a Costa Vida yesterday. It was really, really mm. good. Yeah, it was. I was there Friday night. And then here is the question from Paul Smith on the YouTube chat. David, a question for you. Do you think the same standard will be applied to the football, as was applied to the volleyball coach, and production is uh, money really the change in standard? And I'm going to answer that a couple different ways. Well, I'll let you answer it because I, I, I don't – I'm going to give you what – and I love Bird, by the way. I, in fact, I watched Maverick last night. Um, finally got to watch the Top Gun movie. It's really good. A little, a little ridiculous at times, but really good movie. This year, they went 7-11, 9th in the SEC. Last year, they were 7th in the SEC. Um, they were tied for 3rd, tied for 5th, and 9th. In her time at AM. I would say overall, the last couple of years, they were trending downward. And I would say this is Jimbo's first blip on the radar. If he has back to back years like this, now we're having a conversation similar to Bird, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think uh, absolutely. In fact, if, if AM has this kind of season next year, I would, I would be surprised if they didn't make a move, even with that huge buyout. Um, you got to see progress, and I don't, and I don't know what that I don't know if that means nine wins or I don't know I don't I, I I think you have to go through the season to know what that means. I just think I've I've said it uh, many times. A and M should demand excellence, and understanding that sometimes there is a uh, extenuating circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, but and so you know you can you can cut give somebody a pass here and there, uh, but. A&M should demand excellence. And I want Jimbo Fisher to be the coach here. I really do. I like the way he recruits. I like the way he uh, can set a game plan and motivate and all those things. I just think that, well, we've talked about it before. You can look all over college football, and I think you can look at the extremes. The best coach in the history of college football has someone else 
as an offensive coordinator and calls the plays. Maybe the worst coach <laughs> to ever win a national championship at Ordron had somebody else yep. run the offense and call the plays. Yep, you're, you're right about that. Let's go to Kennedy Cabinet at the News and Social Center. We didn't let her do her social link. I know you got some text messages for us on the AMB text line. That number, by the way, 979-693-1150. AMB, a college station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas Banking, the website, amb.com. Ms. Cabot. We just, we have a couple people coming in saying, by the way, Dirty Rice is the best side. Hmm. Okay. Must be Louisiana folks. Uh, Are yes. you a big uh, Dirty Rice guy or not? Not a big Dirty Rice guy. I mean, I've had it and it can be tasty, but it's just not my favorite. Yep. Nothing beats dressing, but go on. I agree with Owen. Nothing beats dressing, especially at my family Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah? What oh, time? yeah. What time tomorrow? Um, I'm thinking around lunch. I don't really know. My mom doesn't really keep me in the loop. I just kind of show up when just I need sure to show up. Just make sure you're there ready to eat. Just ready to roll. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's, that's typically how it goes in my house. Um, we have somebody saying, this is back-to-back years of below expectations. We thought it was the backup quarterback last year, but now, no, it wasn't. I think that's a fair point. It is back-to-back years under uh, below expectations. But I think the first year that we don't have an excuse for it. Meaning last year, if the excuse is valid now or not, there was an excuse. This year, there isn't an excuse. Except, and I, look, I've just said, you got to demand excellence. But you also have to, we said there's no excuse, and there probably isn't. I mean, they lost Appalachian State, for goodness sake. But the fact of the matter is they've had, what, what did we say, 35 players that have missed games, yep. uh, multiple games from injury or suspension? That's right. I mean, now – Again, I would say next year you're on the hot seat, which I never thought would happen. I never thought Jimbo Fisher would be on the hot seat here. And to be honest with you, he would have been, I think. I mean, would he have been on the hot seat had they lost UMass? It should have been. I think losing to UMass uh, should be a fireable offense. I remember um, – UMass the same year you lose to App State. Absolutely. Well, one year – Arkansas had it right, and I don't say that very often – but we're going way back when you were probably in grade school. Jack Crow was the coach at, at Arkansas. And like the second game of the year, they lost to the Citadel. Got fired. Yep. Some things you just don't do. Like when Charlie Strong lost to Kansas at Texas for the first time before it became, you know, something that wasn't a rarity. Let's do this. Fired that year. Let's hit a break. We'll come back with games to watch and your power rankings. Um, it is Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. And this is the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. All right, uh, let's uh, – where to go? I had some something to talk to you guys about. Can't find it. And uh, we'll just do Association of Former Students. How about that? Good friends over there, Randy and Lexi and uh, Porter and Scott. Great group over there. Who do amazing work and if you haven't visited i am the y.com you're missing out you're home today a lot of you are a lot of you are not working and you're listening to this show give it a few minutes during the break and check out i am the y.com tell me which story you like the best out there because they're basically stories about aggies their lens their perspective their time at AM and beyond they have created this website to kind of show their mission what the association is all about which is giving back to Aggies all around the world with scholarships, student assistance programs, Aggie bands, silver taps, ring day, class reunions, muster, tailgate, traveling Aggies, yada, yada, yada. It's not, you know, they don't just take care of former students, even though it's in their name. They take care of current students as well. Check out IamTheY.com. Again, that website, IamTheY.com. It is the Association of Former Students. 
It is Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Go Hour, which is presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to go through some games you want to watch here in a moment, but let's go to Kennedy Cavan, who's got some text messages for us on the AMB text line. We have a lot of happy Thanksgivings coming in. So Chase in Houston said, happy Thanksgiving to everyone over there. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday. That's nice. And enjoy Thank your you. time with family. And thankful for the great friendship with y'all. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Chase is we great. Appreciate it. We're yeah. thankful for all our listeners and and our fans, if you can call them that, as, as misguided as they are. Chase in Houston is a guy that I've known. He interned for me back in the day. And he's a know. huge guy, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a small guy. And play, I mean that in like strong, play, strong, like football or Paul basketball Bunyan. or baseball. He, he, play, he played baseball um, at several places, um, but he. Uh, I've known him for a long time, so he texted me when there was a report that Gabe was stepping down, and he was like, hey, what are you doing about this? And then I didn't respond, and I think he texted Raheel, and I think Raheel also, but he, he put the dots together early on before when everybody's trying to figure out. You were kind of like Lane Kiffin to Auburn kind of thing. I was kind of like Lane Kiffin, yeah, yeah, except a lot more class, I hope. <laughs> yeah, setting the bar pretty low there. But. <laughs> I hope. Kenner, you had a, an idea for it. Oh, you had a, one more text and, and another topic. Yes, so Derm Doc said, thankful for you folks, beat the hell out of LSU. And then he also added, really going to miss Bird, and I agree with him. Yeah, I yeah, like Bird I a, like lot. Her a lot. I uh, I watched Maverick for her, not for her, but you know she had recommended it for so long. It was really good, so um, we're going to miss Bird around here. You also had a question for us, or for OB. Yes, so. What? What Owen, question? Yes. So very well-knowingly, your son Quinn goes to LSU. He, he, yeah, Has there been? I and. I know how LSU fans can get. I've been to a couple tailgates mm-hmm. when they were down here in College Station. Is there any m- talking mess going on in y'all's household? There is, and I even told him yesterday. I said, "Son, let me apologize because I should have raised you better, and you've become a douche." <laughs> uh, so uh, he's going to the game, and I think I to- talked about this yesterday. He's got tickets, and for for he and five of his friends, yep. and I said. I understand you're going to go and you're going to root for LSU. I get that. It's your school. But you will be success, uh, uh, respectful. You will be respectful or I ain't paying for next semester. Buddy, I appreciate that so much because I think there's certain relationships where trash talking is part of the, the deal. But like I, even though my family's all Aggie and my wife went to Texas, we're an Aggie family. I wouldn't rub it in to her face when A&M beats Texas one day soon, right? Like, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think in the house, keep it respectful. They, they bought this stuff, that uh, a shirt that says LSU dad and a pen that says LSU dad. And I said, I'm not wearing that. Yeah, no. And, of course, when he when he got home, I was uh, – yesterday I had on a uh, Texag shirt, and he and his friend that he brought with me start ragging me about, oh, why are you wearing that? Uh, well, what I say is, I said, some, you know what? Th- this paid for you to go to LSU, punk. If I, uh, if you, if by any chance A and M finds a way to win, maybe at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock, you go up and you wake them up and you remind them that A and M won. I'm, you know, I'm not the the big trash talker kind of guy. I was early in my life, you know, and I've learned that, you know, let somebody wallow in their misery. I don't, I don't. What what I'll do is I'll you know, be decked out in maroon and everything. Everything I got will be saying A&M. And, uh, you know, depending on what the score was, I might be able to, you know, say A&M won 20 to 3. Right. I might say, hey, uh, 
you want to go out and get something to, you know, get something to eat, you know, something that costs about $20 and three cents. I know you are riveted by this, but Gary on the, uh, Texax chat, by the way, is retiring. Today's his last day of work. So congratulations. congratulations. He also updates us on Japan just tied it versus Germany. They're tied 1-1. Germany is like a, a, a heavy, that, heavyweight. That's, how the, that's the Axis Bowl. It is like the Axis Bowl. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, tied 1-1 in 76 Is Italy waiting on the winner? I don't know. I don't think Italy made this World Cup. Okay, so it's just – well, Italy wasn't a major factor in WWTV either. Well, there you go. They got knocked out pretty early. <laughs> Let's uh, before we go to the games we want to watch. <laughs> Kennedy's looking at me like, "How can you be saying this?" Read your history books. I I'm a history buff, and I have read my history books. We, Owen, you just have a special way of making things a lot more interesting. <laughs> Let's get uh, Fifty Shades into this college football playoffs and look at the uh, the the rankings. Sorry. Let's take a look at them. Number one, still Georgia. They would theoretically take on number four, TCU. That'd be and an interesting game. That would be. Georgia would win by 50. And then on the other side, I'm sorry, no disrespect to TCU. I just think Georgia's that good. Ohio State, Michigan, the reap. Uh, that's they, not going to They play t- uh, Saturday. They play Saturday. Would they play again, you think? It's possible. Yeah. I think it's very possible, especially if it's a competitive game. I think what they would need but, to have happen is – it would have to be a, a, a very competitive game, like it was in 2006 when it was 42-39, yeah. and then I think USC would have to lose. So who – a bunch of one-loss teams, if it is not that competitive, does USC get in? I think they do. I think if they, if they beat Notre Dame and then follow that up by beating probably either Oregon or Washington in the uh, – it may be Washington. Yeah. So beating Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, then uh, that's the, again the committee's supposed to put put a uh, give extra consideration to a conference champion. And if I, I I'm guessing LSU is going to lose to Georgia, okay? Okay. Potentially you have a two-loss USC team, a two-loss. Wait, 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 where's a two-loss USC? If they lose. I'll oh, if they lose. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, there, there's a scenario out there where there's a couple of two-loss teams trying to get into the playoffs. And Michigan or Ohio State will have one loss, so they would probably get that. TCU, do you see them losing? Everybody keeps saying, oh, they're going to lose. And this was the week against Texas, and they didn't. I think they're going to beat uh, Iowa State. And then I bet you they, they play K State and probably win it again. So at this time, why doubt TCU? I mean, they just, they're like Houdini. They find a way to escape no matter what, uh, what situation they're in. So let's go through the games that you want to watch this weekend, OB. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to start at the bottom. I wish I had music. I need you to do uh, uh, to hum uh, Hell to the Victors. Well, how about this? Before we get to Michigan, Ohio State, that gives Sean enough time in the back of Marina to Give find it. Hell to the Victors. Dun, 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 and, and when dun, we get dun. to that game, start playing it. There you go. All right, now, uh, the first one. Uh, number 12, Oregon at number 23, Oregon State. At least those were the rankings last time I saw them. Um, Oregon needs to – this is called the Civil War. It's a better in-state rivalry than a lot of people give them credit for uh, because they were so bad, both of them, for so long. But now they're both pretty good. Oregon needs to win to get into the uh, Pac-12 championship game to uh, to absolutely clinch it because if they lose, 
Washington could get in to play USC, provided Washington beats Washington State. So right. a lot of moving parts going on there, but Oregon just needs to go out and win. But Oregon State would like nothing more than to, what are they saying around here? Than to urinate in their in the breakfast cereal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then South Carolina at number nine, Clemson. This, this for a decade has been a, you know just a, a mismatch, right? right? But Clemson, even though they only have one loss, they're still trying to get into the playoff. They got faint hopes. Yep. But um, they've they've been more vulnerable than usual. Mm-hmm. And then we just saw South Carolina upset Tennessee and blow them out. So yep. now South Carolina looks capable, and that's a that's as nasty an inner state uh rivalry as there is you might remember about 10 years ago uh both the i think i think both teams or maybe it's just south carolina just decided we're, we're not going to bowl games because they right. had a big fight so th- that that's a lot of good nastiness in that game uh number 21 tulane at number 25 cincinnati the winner will play host in the aac championship game and you know what the loser could too but that would require a lot of other, other moving, moving parts. parts with uh, USC would have to lose to South Florida. The, the uh, Central Florida has beaten both Tulane and Cincinnati. Wow! So if they beat South Florida, they're in. Right. Uh, number eighteen, Notre Dame against number seven, uh, USC. You know this is a, a rivalry, and uh, when the game is played in South Bend, it's in uh, October. When it played in in uh, uh, in LA, they play it in in November. Uh, big rivalry. The Irish are, you know, they bounce back from a bad start. They're a pretty good football team. USC has playoff hopes. Notre Dame would love to end those hopes. Absolutely. And before you do that, let's uh, let's get the song ready. Is the song ready, Sean? Go ahead. There we go. Is this your jam right here? This is for Richard Zane. Okay, so Michigan, number three, and number two, Ohio State, arguably the most intense rivalry in football. The uh, Big Ten East is at stake, which means probably the Big Ten Championship is at stake, which means the college football playoff is at stake, and perhaps a national championship bid, a chance to win is at stake. And on top of that, they're uh, like I said, they're number two and number three. So much, uh, so much history. Great game, should be great game. I. Uh, I've got to see that. I got you. That's the best game in college football maybe this year. Another quick or at least up, the best matchup. Another quick update: Japan has just taken the lead over Germany, two to one. Bonsai. <laughs> right now we're talking Brad's running company. Sweep that leg. What's, wait, wait. What is Johnny's last name? Depp. John, no, in uh, uh, Karate Kid. Johnny, what? God, why, D- Larusa. No, that's Daniel Larusa. Oh. Johnny, what? Come oh. on, Kennedy, help me. I can't. Johnny remember. on on Knoxville. Fever. No, from Cobra Kai. Somebody. Manziel. No. <laughs> what is Johnny's name? I'm freaking Karate Kid. Johnny. Stop Manziel. Kara- no, Karate Kid. What is his Lawrence. name? Cash. Lawrence. Johnny, Johnny Lawrence. Lawrence. Thank you. Oh my God. Cash is my favorite. Cash is a good one. Oh gosh, what is wrong with my memory? Knoxville Cash. <laughs> not Manziel. Not Cash. None of those guys. Depp. Not Johnny Depp. <laughs> Why did Johnny Depp get an accent? I don't know. Any from Owensboro, Kentucky? Yeah, and like, and Madonna got an accent, and all, all these people getting accents as they get older. Yeah. When are you going to get you'll a never, British accent? You'll never see me with an accent. But. I think Owen would have like a very like thick, 
New York accent. Like it would just develop out of nowhere. And one day he walks in the office and it's just, he's like from Boston. And it well, yeah, I thought you said New York. Hey, no, how it's you doing? the same. It get, <clears throat> not the same thing, but like the same kind of same kind of vibe. Drop a hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Tried to do Andrew Dice Clay. Hey, hey. <laughs> anyway, so those are the games. Hickory Dickory Dock. Yeah. <laughs> Brazos Running Company. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I was actually going to keep going, and I realized that you no, don't want to get fired. No, not only that, I just want to pay homage to Brazos Running Company because um, they have the best running shoes out there, locally owned and operated in an Aggie uh, specialty running store with an outstanding selection of running gear and shoes. They've got brands like Odd and Hoka. If you're a walker, a runner, just into fitness at all, you need to check out Brazos Running Company. They've got the right shoes, and they make all the difference in the world. Uh, they're passionate about running and about finding the right shoe for you. They have a new location with the same expert level of service and so much more. Remember the, the great brands. They've got new brands, Birkenstock. They've got Viore clothing, one of the hottest athletic wears out there. Remember Brazos Running Company for your holiday shopping. It is Brazos Running Company, now located in Century Square below the Star Cinema Grill and College Station, Brazos Running Company. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. OB, we have kind of delayed the uh, power rankings. And I know you've got A&M somewhere that's uh, for the first time this year. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's. This won't take long. Just jump in whenever you disagree with me. Okay. Uh, here's why I have it now. Number one, Georgia. Number two, LSU. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Tennessee. And that's because of the injury. That's a big part, and yeah. the fact that they got housed by uh, South Carolina. Yep. Number five, I'm saying Mississippi State. Number six, Arkansas. Number seven, Ole Miss. Wow, they've dropped to seven. Well, they just got beaten bad by Arkansas. Yeah. Um. Number eight, South Carolina. Who had a huge? Where were they last week? Do you remember? Probably somewhere around eleven. Wow! So good for them. Number nine, Kentucky. Number ten, Florida. Number eleven, Auburn. Twelve, Missouri. Thirteen, Vanderbilt. And number fourteen, Texas A&M. Did you ever think in? No, never in my wildest. That Vandy would have not only a better season, would be better. They're just overall better. They well. They beat Florida, and A&M didn't. Mm-hmm. And they have a better record. So, yeah, I mean, that's – I think that's the final um, insult right there. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that, that is the thing that we have to look at it. And you really can't deny it, right? Now, if A&M and Vanderbilt played – do I think a and would win? Yeah, but haven't I been saying that like all year? Yeah, I think they'd win. Oh, well, South Carolina. They, oh, well, I, I think they'll win. I think, yeah. they, you know, Auburn. Yeah, I think. I mean. But, again, I can still, not even being a fan of A&M, I can still make a, a legitimate case that they have a chance to beat LSU. Well, yeah. I'm I not mean, betting them that they would, but I, I mean – these games have been close. Hopefully you get all your guys back. and As many of your guys back that you can get back. Yeah. Right. And you don't uh, do anything to help LSU out. And you come up with some different plays. Because if you're going to ask Connor Wigman, to, and they haven't been, but if you're going to ask him to sit back in the pocket and wait for B.J. Ojolari or uh, uh, what's the guy, Ali Gay or Harold Perkins to just come at him, what have you seen? 
all year that's going to tell you that offensive line and that offense that protection is going to hold up. So if you come up with some schemes that's going to help him get away from some of that protection and get the, rid of the ball fast, then 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 yeah, I think. So. Here, here's something that bugs me, Ob, and it does bug me. And maybe it's the nature of the sport of football that once things have been set in motion, it's too difficult to change things. But when you're having this bad of a season, like why can you not adjust major adjustments, major, not minor tweaks, mid-season? Like because I'm again, I think LSU. Not that I watch them the same way, but LSU, South Carolina, these other schools have tweaked enough or done enough mid-season to play better and navigate through injuries with K.J. Jefferson and give their teams a fighting chance. I don't know if A&M has changed their style very much this year. Um, they haven't. And here's another thing that they have to do. Now, again, I give credit to D.J. Durkin last. We talked about it. He moved L.B. Overton to linebacker and went with a 3-3. I don't yep. necessarily love it, but they were trying to do something different. Sure. So – um, they've got to do something different just to contain a running quarterback. I don't think with running backs that LSU can dominate A&M even with their you know, running inside. LSU does not have a great offensive line. Yeah. Of course, A&M's been very, very vulnerable, but but you got to make sure Jaden Daniels doesn't beat you with his legs. Well, all the running quarterbacks have, though. They have. They all have. OB, happy Thanksgiving, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody else. Thankful for our friendship, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. When we come back here on Texas Radio, John Harris, the professor, will join There's us. Another Johnny. Another Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Harris. Johnny Cash. Johnny At this point, Manziel. there's just there's way too many to even count. Who's Johnny? Johnny Carson. No, remember the movie? Didn't see it. Is Who's it like Johnny? Magic Mike? No, it was like a robot movie. What was it called? Who's Johnny? You don't remember that song? No, I didn't know that one. You don't? God, what was the name of that movie? Who's I Johnny have... song? Let's see if I have it before we run out of time. Who's Johnny song? Ah, ah. Can't tell. Elder Barge sang it. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> movie. What movie is it in? Oh, my gosh. Running out of time. Three, two. I forget. Bye. And we're back. Tex Ags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. So I, I didn't give our production crew enough time, but... We were talking about a song back in the day, and John Harris from uh, FootballTakeOver.com and the Houston Texans were with us on the uh, hotline, and I brought up that you were coming on, and then, do you remember the song back in the day, Who's Johnny? By Elder Barge? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I do. I couldn't remember the movie. I don't want to sing it because I can't sing, but I, rem- I remember yeah. Elder Barge. Yeah, absolutely. It, and I couldn't remember the name of the movie, but I Googled it. And it's uh, short circuit it's, too. Uh, short circuit, yeah, short circuit. I remember it being in there, and I I love that song. I loved El DeBarge. I loved DeBarge for a long time until it was probably about I don't know six to eight months ago. There was a documentary on Janet Jackson, and I'm a massive Janet Jackson fan. I think she is a beautiful soul. I think she's a beautiful woman. She's an incredible entertainer, and learning her history, just the full history. There are just so many things that I forgot, and. I forgot that she had actually dated, I think, James DeBarge. And he just, he was a clown show. And I just felt so bad for her. I'm like, man, she didn't deserve that at all. So um, that's what sticks out to me now. So when I when I think about it. But back in the day, yeah, El DeBarge had it going on for sure. Rhythm of the Night. I mean, one of the best songs ever. I can hear it in my head right now. I, I mean, I'm t- listen, man, 80s, 80s was just, 80s were awesome. I know all you, you know, 
you know, 2000s and 2010s kids out there like, oh, they, uh, you didn't have internet. No, man, the 80s were awesome. Fashion was out of control. David, we were flying back from New Jersey when we played the Giants uh, a couple weeks ago, and there was a documentary on the 80s, like six episodes on the 80s, and it was just, it was awesome because it was all these, it was like food, fast food, you know, moments and all this. It was just, it was great. There was no internet, so it was just a different way. You had to go about it. Newspapers actually meant something. I mean, it was it was a cool era, and the music was absolutely fantastic. The Last Dragon. Fantastic. You remember the movie The Last Dragon? Yes, I do. That's where uh, that rhythm of the night was in that movie. Oh, it was okay. All right, All yeah, right. Last Dragon. There were some great movies in the eighties too, for sure. Yeah, we, I don't know if many of them would uh, pass the test of time now, but there there were some pretty good ones in the eighties for sure. We just lost all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's move that's on. Okay. Give me the professor John Harris's uh, coaching technique for A and M to beat LSU. What do they got to do? Well, the biggest thing I would say, <laughs> I don't know that I could say it on the radio, but it would be the it would be my philosophy, and that is. I'll uh, put it this way. You see how you got balls in the table right there, David? Mm -hmm. You got balls right there in the table? There you go. That's on the, the table. approach you have to take. Put the balls in the table. And, I mean, that's that's a little bit of everything. And their first, the first thing you got to do is you got to figure out what players can't beat you. And Jaden Daniels scrambling can't beat you. And Harold Perkins off the edge can't beat you. So go into every game, and that's kind of how I approach every game, as I look at it and go, okay, which guys can we absolutely not have beat us? Or what is it that a guy does that we can't let beat us? And, and Daniel's ability to run or create uh, off, off schedule, off platform, has, I think, given LSU a huge charge. And he's throwing the ball much better. He's more, much more confident. All those things are really working, I think, in LSU's favor. Harold Perkins has turned it up to a whole different level on the outside. And then he spies. I mean, he does so much. So I think you can't let Perkins ruin the game. So where is he? You got a man, man and a half, two, accounting for 40. Because I don't look at anybody else in LSU other than B.J. Ojolari and think, okay, Ojolari, Ojolari could change the game, but not like Perkins. So I got to account for Perkins, and then I got to hope that one-on-one -on -one with Ojolari, he doesn't just kill me because that's a really good player. And I think Ojolari might end up being a first-round pick. His brother was early second. I think he could be a first-rounder. He's got pass rush skills. But I got to make sure that Perkins doesn't ruin the game uh, because that's what he has done the last few weeks. So if I start there and then I kind of, re I, I kind of work my way back, okay, how do I do that? How do I make sure Daniels doesn't ruin the game? Well, my pass rush, Heck, can't just fly out of control. We got to be under control. We've got to change some coverage things behind them. But in changing some coverage things behind them, you've got to make sure that you're not confusing your own guys. So you got to keep it simple at the same time confusing Jane Daniels, which sounds like a paradox, a football paradox, but that's what you have to do. Um, and then the other side, account for Perkins, make sure 40's taken care of. And that's got to be two men. And that's got to be able to get your quarterback time to get rid of the football. Uh, and then you got to lay him on the table. Fourth and two, you got to go for it. Um, you know, third and one situation might be play action, might be your best thing. You might have to do things that you don't normally do that are outside your comfort zone 
But I've, I, I say this, <laughs> I say this a lot in covering the Texans in some sense, you know, it's fourth and three. Um, it's, you know, fourth and one in the second quarter. I'm like, you're one, eight and one go for it. What, what do you have to lose? You know, what's Jim, what's Jimbo going to lose uh, by going for it on fourth and one, uh, maybe at his own 40 or something, you know, when the game's maybe teetering one direction or the other, where he could pick up some momentum or he could keep a drive going. That's a good drive. Um, you know, faking a punt. It's not going to keep them from being bowl eligible. They're already not, and they're not going to be. So get some confidence any way you know how. Um, steal possession here or there. Uh, and then make sure that that 5 and 40 don't wreck the game on either side of the ball. And you've got enough talent to be able to stick in the game and stay in the game. And the longer you stay in the game, the tighter LSU will get. And that is – that's probably the one thing you got to bank on. But to get there, you have to make some plays in some key situations and go outside your comfort zone to potentially do it. Johnny, I have a very elementary view on this game that I think gives A&M a chance. And listen to my very elementary view. I think you're going to get Devon back. I hope you're going to get Devon back. I think you're going to get Evan back. So you're going to be as healthy as you can be, hopefully, for this game. That's, that's the hope, and it is trending in that direction. All these games, for the most part, have been close. A&M has had chances to beat some of yeah. the better teams out there. They were supposed to get blown out by Alabama, regardless of who the quarterback was. They had a chance on the last play of the game. Ole Miss, they had a chance on the last series of the game. Um, I can go through the list. Auburn, they had a chance. All these games that they've lost. South Carolina, they were in a 17-0 hole, and they had a chance to win on the last possession. So I say all that thinking, this is another start for Connor. This is as healthy as you're going to be, I think. And you're playing at home. And you got a quarterback that I think can be a difference maker. The offensive line is bad. They've been bad all year long. But if you can keep this game close, as you mentioned, with hopefully Devon back, you've got a chance at Kyle Field, and maybe you get that game-winning play this time. That's that's my yeah. hope and and thought process why it can be close. David, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, our our two teams. I mean, if you're an Aggie and a Texan fan, you've watched it all year long with your teams. Your games are close. The games are right there. But can you make that play in the fourth quarter? And what is it? Why you can't make that play in the fourth quarter? Is it because in AM's case, you've got too not too many young players, but you have young players that have not been completely battle tested and we know there are a lot of things that go into everything but is that one of them the offensive line like you said it's been banged up all year long and when it's been healthy it hasn't really played exceptionally well the quarterback play has been all over the place well that sounds really familiar um a lot of young players so i've kind of watched both you know program and organization do kind of the same thing what happens in the fourth quarter of games in, in good programs and good organizations is that star talent rises up and says, nope, not today. We're winning this game. And that's something that I think both teams, like who is the alpha on the Texans? Who's the alpha on the Aggie side that says, not today, boys. Get on my back and ride. Get on my back and ride. Kellen Mond, you know, was that guy. And uh, you know, obviously he had some help around him as an offensive line that, you know, the offensive line was like, hey, just get behind us, Isaiah Spiller. We'll take you to the promised land. You know, Buddy Johnson, I just talked to him, you know, last week. Um, you know, he was a guy in defense that he was that guy in the middle that it, it seemed to revolve around. And I feel like both are very similar in that way because every game that I know the Texans have played, 
it's been a fourth quarter game. It's been a four quarter game. Now we've gotten, you know, there've been a couple of times where we haven't really been in it, Washington, Tennessee, because we just didn't match up with them physically. Uh, and it's been that way for AM too in a game or so. They haven't matched up physically because they haven't had some of their young guys in there. They've been banged up on the defensive side of the ball, et cetera. But for the most part, they've been in every game. They've been competitive. So what changes? And I asked, I asked Lovey Smith this, and I would ask Jimbo Fisher the same question. In your mind, what does it mean to finish? Because we talk about it all the time, right, David? We say, oh, finish, 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 finish. All right, well, what does that mean? Right. Does that mean that you run harder on play number 85 than you did on 45? Like, what, what does it mean to, to finish? And to me, finishing means that you are alignment and assignment perfect. Each guy is doing his respective job to the best of his ability. There are no mental busts. And hopefully, your stars or star steps up and makes a play because he is that guy. And that's the way you can end up winning a game in the fourth quarter. And I go back to the one win we had. We kept it close. We made plays throughout. It's a 6-6 game. And on the drive that we needed, Nico Collins caught a fade route on a third down that was just glorious. And Damian Pierce had a 20-yard run that I've just titled The Run because it was that good. Our two stars on offense stepped up and made plays when they needed to. Now, at other times, there have been things that stood in the way of, of our stars making plays in the fourth quarter. Um, and that's been, I think the same thing for the Aggies and the Texans. So if you're an Aggie Texan fan, you're about watching mirror images of one another. You know, I, I mean, I, I know a and going to be in this game. I know absolutely without a shadow of doubt, especially if, uh, A-Chain's playing, they'll be in the game. I don't doubt that for a second. And I'll be honest. I think LSU is a good football team. I don't think it's a great football team. Yep. I think a and is absolutely in, in, in there. So what the Aggies have got to do. And what Jimbo Fisher has to figure out for them is how in the fourth quarter do we win this game? What do we do in the fourth quarter to go win this football game? And maybe it takes Jimbo doing something a little bit out of character. Maybe he does something running the football he didn't want to do. Maybe he's throwing it a little bit more. Maybe he goes for it at a certain point. He's got to do something in the fourth quarter as well to accentuate the stars that he has in A-chain. You mentioned Evan. Uh, and then defensively, I'll say this about about defense and I've watched it with with both teams I think the second and third levels tackle horribly I think they tackle horribly I see way too many guys throwing shoulders into guys instead of wrapping up and bringing guys down and so when you get to the final 15 minutes it's dotting I's and crossing T's and doing the fundamental things and I think sometimes and I mean we talked about it I mean it's it's why we have all these radio shows because we talk about well how can you win what can you do you know, why did the team lose? Where's the blame? All that kind of stuff. But you know what? Football's pretty simple in some sense, David. It comes down to blocking and tackling. If you block well enough, you tackle well enough, you'll be in every game. But if you don't, then you're going to have major issues. As, as long as the talent's the same. I mean, when I coached a long time ago, my talent was down here. And I had a lot of talent we went against up here. So it didn't matter how well we blocked or tackled because we couldn't get in position to block or tackle against those teams. A&M has got enough talent to be there to do those two simple things, and they got to do that and do it for 60 minutes and do it together. One time for 2022, do it together and see where you sit at the end of the day. Johnny, I, I'm going to ask you this, and I know as we get closer to the NFL draft, you'll have more analysis, and you know the team you work for might be in the market for a quarterback. We don't know how that's going to play out this year, but they could be. Bryce Young, what kind of pro do you think he could be? Because the guy's a gamer. The guy's put out some Herculean 
performances out there. But size is a is a question when it comes to him. And I don't know how much size needs to be a factor, but it is something that comes up. Well, we're going Sunday to face a guy. He's Hawaiian, um, and he's six foot, probably 205. He's not very big, um, but he's arguably, if he's not the MVP in the league, he's second in the league, and that's Tua Tungabailoa. And it's not really an Alabama connection. It's more the size connection. Tua's not – I mean, Tua's decently thick, but he's only six foot. Um, Bryce Young has always been six foot. When he was dominating in modern day – when you dominate Alabama, Bryce Young's going to be a fine pro. And here's one reason and the major reason why, David. In the fourth quarter, I asked this, this you know, Mark Vandermeer does a segment with me, who's better, who's better? And so he always asks me, who's better, this quarterback, that quarterback, this quarterback, that quarterback. And the one thing I always put in my mind is, who would I want with the ball in his hands with the game on the line? I'll take Bryce Young all day, every day. Yes, he's slight we've seen slighter quarterbacks come into the league and do some things because they can move Bryce moves to throw he doesn't move to go run and take a shot there are bigger quarterbacks that run and take a lot of shots and it ends up impacting the way they play Bryce moves to throw he doesn't move to run he'll run when he has to but if Bryce is in a situation where Offensive line has got some uh, some first-rounders in front of him. And there's some talent on the outside with a really hard-charging running back. And I think Bryce can be okay. I think Bryce will be very good because Bryce will give you, as we talked about, in the fourth quarter, when things aren't going well, I go back to the Auburn game. Things are going sideways. He goes 97 yards to tie it and then wins it in overtime. And I'm telling you, he did it on his own because the leadership he's been getting the last couple of years, not to say it's going to be better in the NFL, just saying the way that he's had to fight through that. And then this year, he has not had a ton of talent at wide receiver. He's made all of them look really good. The offensive line is just mm, at Alabama. It's not like it typically is. Bryce Young has made that team what it is. And it's not a great team this year. But without Bryce Young, that team is six and five. It's just a, if it's just a, you know, go back to the Alabama quarterbacks of your Phillip Sims, uh, Coker, McCarron, but those guys with that situation, that team is six and five. Bryce Young has pulled that team by the nape of its neck to nine and two. Bryce Young is number one, the number one quarterback. And if the Texans are looking for a quarterback, he's the quarterback I'm taking. Johnny got about 48 seconds. Bill O'Brien, will he be back at Alabama next year? In your opinion, no. yeah. No. I think there are multiple reasons for that, good, bad, otherwise. He will not be back at, at Alabama. I would be shocked if he – I would be absolutely shocked if he is. You think he'll be a head coach? Probably. Yeah. TBD. Probably, yeah. Probably, but, you know, who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? I mean, there there probably is going to be a university that looks at the situation and says, we think he can help. All right, go ahead. All I know is, and I'll say this, you don't have to. When I found out he was going to Alabama, I was like, it's good things for A&M. And, and honestly, it, both games was pretty good for A&M. They should have won this last one. They didn't. But um, so, Johnny, you're the best, man. Happy Thanksgiving. I miss you, brother. 
Miss you too, man. Love the family. Love the two uh, Aggies out there. It's always a, a blast. I mean, I float around Houston. And hey, man, I heard you on Tech Sags. It's always uh, such a great network, and I appreciate it. I'm so thankful for it. Thanks for you, buddy. Love you, man. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Talk to you next week. John Harris here. FootballTakeover.com and Houston Texans sideline reporter. Right now we're talking Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 in Caldwell. Online at CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. They got deals. Uh, it's a website uh, where you need to start your search at because they change it every month. And the deals there are phenomenal. I have bought my uh, a vehicle, my last one here. We bought a Tahoe through Zach Hester and his group there. And the, and the beauty about the process was it was super easy. I'm an annoying customer because I got questions. I'm indecisive. Like I go grocery shopping. I'm like, I don't know if I want to get this one. I maybe want to get this brand. I don't know. This is cheaper, but this tastes better. Same way with cars, right? And, you know, that, that whole crew, they, they put up with me. We need this kind of car, but we got this kind of budget. And they just found the right car for us. That's what they do there. They find the right car at the right price and the right service. And the, just the, the entire experience is phenomenal. It's about a 15-minute drive, Brian, I call well, short conversation away. But you're going to see the difference when you step on the lot and you do business there with Zach and the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell and online at CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. Hey, we're back, Tex-Ax Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Talk a little bonfire for a moment. Uh, we got some breaking news here on the show. Deanne McKinnis has been with us many times in the past. And uh, Nick Sang, who is the head stack. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Outstanding. Good, good to see you guys. Um, Nick, I guess I'll, I'll let you start off. We have some breaking news uh, with Student Yeah, Empire. so unfortunately this year we uh, we know that due to the weather, there's it's been a rainy season lately, and uh, we cannot in good conscience burn this Friday night. Uh, we looked over everything at the old site. That we tried to have parking plans for every single acre that we could go out. It's just unfortunate that it's just too muddy, and Bonfire has built a reputation over the last 20 years of being safe, you know, putting safety as our top priority. And sadly, we cannot, with good conscience, take that risk. There'll be a lot of damaged cars. We don't want anyone walking through all that mud. We don't want to take that risk. So we want to play it safe, and we'll postpone burn night until a later date when it's dry. Okay. So it's still going to happen at some point. Just yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We, we worked way too hard just for, the, just for it to stand there and look okay. pretty. So the community, everyone that built it, they worked so hard, and we appreciate all the hard work they did, especially after moving stack sites this past year. And it was just a lot of hard work put in, and we still have we still have to burn the hell out of bonfire. Dion, you wanted to follow up with some thoughts about it? Yeah. Um, first, I commend the the students. Nobody showed up and said, "Hey, here's what you have to do. Deal with it." They approached this situation respectfully, with respect for their community and participants and the former students. Uh, and once again, they've they've shown us what we as former students always just said. You know, we never had the opportunity to prove. Um, uh, what it was that we were saying, that it's building bonfire that builds each other and builds this institution. And burning it only gives us the chance to do it again. And these students have embraced that opportunity and shown us that they understand. And with that in mind, they're proving to us that this can be done. And this can be done in the right way, which is students doing it, students leading it, students executing it independently the way that it should be done. They're doing a thing that is, to anybody else in the world, except for the Fighting Texas Aggie, impossible. They're making it possible year after year after year. They're doing the thing that we can't do anymore as former students, nor should we, because it's their turn. But now it's our turn as former students to do the impossible thing. They've shown us they can build it. They scrape by the way that they should 
They scrape by, by the skin of their teeth every year building it, and it will always be that way, but we can give them a home to do that. We as former students, if Bonfire has changed your life, if it has given you friends and even families that are going to last a lifetime, if it has made you something that you never imagined that you could be, now is your turn, our turn, to do the impossible thing. And let's give these kids a home of their own that they can rely on, that we can rely on year after year after year so they can pour 103% of their energy into doing the thing that only they know how to do, which is to build the hell out of bonfire. If Bonfire's moved you in that way, and I hope that it has, email me, dion.mckinnis at studentbonfire.com, and let's give these kids a home. We're proud of you. Nick, we are all proud of you. Appreciate and we're it. proud of every participant that built it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Nick, when did it become apparent that it was trending in this direction? Because the weather, as you've mentioned, it's, it's, it's not just one or two days. It's been several. Right. Uh, we, we've kept an eye on it all season long. We've noticed that it was a, it was a wet stack season. Uh, we didn't really think that it could uh, be go to this point, but after this week, you know, Dion and I talked two nights ago, and we realized, you know, it just the rain would just not stop coming. So two nights ago, we we started talking about it, and then yesterday we were out on site. We looked over for hours. We fought hard to try to make it happen this Friday, but yesterday was the real deal breaker. Yeah, and, and you said it kind of hit you yesterday mid-afternoon that you thought potentially this is going to be the how, how did it go for you um i kept checking in with them <clears throat> as they remained optimistic trying to explore contingencies um <clears throat> excuse me uh and and when we were down to plan c plan d plan e uh that's when i knew that uh boys i don't know if you can see this yet but i think i see where we're going and then they eventually, it was about 11 o'clock last night that they got to that point. Um, and I went home, getting ready to go to bed. One last check before I go to sleep. It's almost 2 a.m. And they say, you know, we're actually brainstorming a little bit more. So early in the afternoon, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know if we can pull it out. And up until 2 a.m., they're still going, no, we can figure out a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What, what's the dialogue like? for postponing it like how does how does the date come from that how, how do you guys figure that part of it out so bonfire has been postponed in the past before it's been postponed about three times uh twice due to a burn ban and then one other time due to how wet it was i just that one year that it was how um given how wet it was they postponed it until january with the other ones because it just was wet until january mm -hmm. so we're looking at a couple of dates i think one date that we're looking at is December 16th because that's after finals. Hopefully, we'll still have a large amount of people in town. Um, if not, then we might have to just wait until January. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I know that they're going to discuss with all of the crews, all of the participants, um, what date makes it so that everybody who built it can attend. Um, December 16th would be great because that's what that's commencement uh, graduation weekend. Right. Uh, but many of the participants might be going home. So we'll check on that. That's what the January date came from in the past is, well, that's when all the students are back. Are back, right. Um, so uh, it will stack. We'll be under guard. Uh, we're going to get cameras on it. Um, we're going to have students out at it. One of Bonfire's most popular photos and posts every year is the year that it postponed 
and the red pot stat, sat out there alone and uh, decorated with Christmas lights on Christmas Eve mm -hmm. so that he could have a little bit of Christmas when he was stuck out alone. That's what they're prepared to do um, to get it to where everybody can enjoy it together. Nick, last thing for you. Dion kind of set the tone for it, but just the amount of work that you guys have done. Kind of just give us a description of how this consumes your, your days in a great way, by the way. This yeah. is where relationships and, and family come from this. It, it is a full-time job. Uh, you know, I work and I'm working overtime, but it is something that we love to do. Uh, the amount of work that we put in, just I don't feel like that fire does it justice. Uh, we work our, we put everything we have into it. Uh, you know, it's constantly talking to people. As juniors, you're doing a lot of behind the scenes work. And then as seniors, you're going up face to face like we are right now and just talking to everyone and building relationships. So there's a lot of hard work. Everything is thought out and we have a plan for everything. But uh, yeah, just the amount of work that we put on, put in, just we love seeing it go up in flames. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we're sorry to hear the news, but uh, it'll burn and it'll, it'll be great. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ags. Kick them to you guys. Right now we're talking Fargo's Pit Barbecue, 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan. Tuesday through Saturday, it's open 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. They are closed on Sundays and Mondays. You know the phone number, 979-778-3662. You should call them up because their specials run out really quickly. They're one of the top 50 barbecue joints in the world, according to Texas Monthly, because of the flavor of the food and the great food that they have there. Call early. Maurice will handle that call for you. Tell him what time you're going to come pick it up. He'll have it ready. Then Alan or Belender is going to be at the front desk. So today is Wednesday. They've got the, uh, let's see, chopped beef and on a baked potato. Tomorrow they're not going to be open, obviously, I don't think. I don't know. They might be. I don't think they are. Friday, though, fish, corn, coleslaw, hush puppy. Saturday, they got the beef ribs. It is Fargo, 1701. Uh, South Texas Avenue in Bryan. Without a doubt, the best barbecue in town. That's your trademark because it's true. It's Fargo's. Anytime I think about Logan Lee, I think about Raspberry Beret and Prince. I could just see him bumping this back in the day. It's Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Logan Lee is on the hotline. Good morning, Logan. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Happy Thanksgiving, Nuno. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Were you a big uh, Prince guy back in the day? I, was, I, I listened to Prince a little. Uh, when I was at Hawaii and we were on road trips, my, I always traveled with one of our assistant coaches in, in the the vans and buses, and he would he would do Earth, Wind, and Fire all the time. That's what we were. That's that's what we were. That's what we were rocking to in the car. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Prince. Good times. Hey, um, I'm I'm gonna ask you because you're part of the staff. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Man, I don't know. I I like it all. I don't think there is anything that anybody has put on the table that I haven't eaten. I am a human garbage disposal. There are very few things um, that I won't try, much less eat. Logan, big picture, what did we learn this past weekend in the two defeats and one victory, the good and the bad? Did you learn anything? Yeah, a has got a long way to go. Uh, I, I think we knew that they had to grow and develop and, and develop to, to the point of where we were talking about, where we were mention the tournament the second game maybe a second weekend um we knew that they had to grow that they weren't there yet but i don't think that we understood exactly uh how much that they needed to grow um this team needs to mature uh they they the core group of guys are in their second year here uh the transfers are are, are older and, and more mature but they're they're transfers and they're still trying to figure out the system and i think when they got that 
that that number in front of their name. They broke the top twenty-five. And they they got a little complacent, thinking, "Hey, we we've arrived," and that's obviously not the case. Just because you have a number in front of your name, because you've beaten a couple of of, of smaller schools, doesn't mean that Murray State isn't going to take it to you. It doesn't mean that Colorado isn't going to take it to you. Um, so they we learned that they have a ways to go. Um, but I also think we learned that, and, and this is something that we learned last year, Buzz isn't afraid to change. Um, during that eight-game losing streak, they changed things up. They let, they opened the floodgates for Q. They, they, they figured out some different schemes on defense on, on how to work with a smaller lineup. Um, and so we know that, that Buzz isn't afraid to change, and we know that he is, He's already changed a little. I mean, he changed the starting lineup against Loyola Chicago just to send a message and see how that worked out. So uh, this team still has a way to a ways to go, but I haven't lost confidence in the fact that they are a tournament team that they could get to the second game and possibly the second weekend, just depending on how much they grow. So you're saying that this weekend for you was not a red flag, that you're not necessarily discouraged. It was just more... Uh, maybe a little bit more confidence going into something and not getting back to their roots of being a hungry, grinding kind of team. No, I, I think they're always going to. I think I think they're they're going to for the remainder of the year. I think they'll be hungry. I think this is a lesson for all of them to to understand that you have to stay hungry and you can't just show up to win ball games. Um, the only red flag for me is the fact that they couldn't adjust on the fly or they didn't adjust on the fly. Um, you saw against Murray State, they kept trying to push and push and push and play at a faster tempo, and that's how Murray State wanted to play, and they didn't adjust. They didn't go to Julius Marble when he was dominating whoever Murray State put on him to, to try to stop him. Um, and then they followed it up against Colorado, and they didn't change one bit from the Murray State game to the Colorado game. Um and those were back-to-back games, so obviously it's tough for them to adjust on the fly right now at this point. You give them a day in between those games, and they came out against Loyola Chicago, and they were refocused, regrouped, and they were back at it with their defensive intensity and, and their, their basic principles of what they were doing on both offense and defense. But that was a day, it took them a day in between to sit back, realize, and then change whereas they, could, they didn't change and adjust on the fly. And I think that's the only red flag because you're going to have to adjust in multiple times uh, a game in the SEC. When it gets to the NCAA tournament, there are going to be teams that throw, throw plays at you, throw, throw schemes at you that they haven't run all year long because they've held them back so that way no one could scout against them for those types of situations. And so they're going to, be, have, to, they're going to have to be able to adjust quicker uh, to to be able to make it as far as we think that they can go. Here's the worrier in me, all right? Because uh, I do worry a lot because it's a and sports and that's what I do. But offensively, how challenged do you think they could be? Because I used last year as part of my thinking here. They weren't a very good offensive team until they gave the ball to Q and let him do his thing, and then it opened up everybody else. They don't have Q this year. So how offensively challenged do you think they can be um, and I know you think of this as just a blip on the radar, but offense, they got to score some points. Yeah, there's no question. There, there's no question they have to be able to score some points. But while they don't have Q, who is an NBA-level athlete, uh, he, he's got the talent to, to, to be a top dog athlete in the NBA, 
So yeah, they, it hurts to, to not have that, but they've changed a little. And I think because if you, if you watch the Loyola Chicago game, they did go to Julius Marble more often. They did recognize, Hey, this kid can score in the paint and he does open some things up. So he's going to be able to open up the floor in a different manner, not necessarily with the explosive uh, one-on-one drives to the basket and pull up shots and all that, but he's going to attract the attention of everybody. If you put him in the post with his back to the basket and you give him three or four seconds, the defense has to collapse on him if, if, if they can't guard that. And that's going to open up everybody else. So they have different ways, uh, but it, it, it could possibly result in, in the same facet of, of what happened last year. And the floors opened up when Q drove, the floor opened up because everybody focused on him. They just have to figure that out because I think Wade Taylor has the ability to score. Boots has the ability to score. Julius Marble has the ability to score. Dexter, maybe we're 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 figuring that out. We're we're seeing how well of a scorer he is. Um, I'm probably forgetting a number of people, but that they they do have some some firepower on the offensive end. It's just got to all gel together. Talking to Logan Lee here on Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. So I've given Buzz props about this last year, and I'm giving it to him this past weekend. That dude will coach, right? He doesn't necessarily do what he wants. I mean, he does. There's a certain DNA that his teams have to have. But when it comes to, like, offense and defense, he is willing to change based on the talent he has and based on the way a season or a game is going. Uh, just, just talk about his. You know, he'll he'll change a lineup if he needs to. He'll he'll do what it takes to get the best out of his team. Yeah, he he he's not a guy that's going to hold any punches when it comes to the roster or playing time or whatever's best for his team to get a win. Uh, he he's not he's not afraid to bench somebody a starter uh, if if they're not doing well or if they don't have the right matchup. I think that's that's one of Buzz's strengths when it comes to coaching and managing his team, I also understand that the players know that. There there are a lot of players across the country that if they get benched, even if they're not having a good day, it's going to hurt their feelings. They're going to start pouting. The coach has to has to call them a little and maybe let them play through a little more because they don't want to put them into a slump for the next game and hurt their feelings. This roster, this team that, that Buzz has, and, and has had for for four years here at A&M, they all know that he has the best interest in mind. And if they don't play 25 minutes in one game, they could play 30 minutes the next game. It all depends on matchups and where he sees uh, the the path to winning. And you know that's that's a luxury that a lot of coaches don't have. But he has maybe built that into the culture. Uh, he, he's built that into the trust of the of the players. And that's a that's a strong suit to have when you're a coach. Is there a player that has to get going, has to be an alpha, or has to be like a, a guy, a, a dog, if you will, for this team to reach the level that we think that they can reach? Yeah, I, I would I would go back to and, and, and say that's either Boots or, or Wade. Um, Wade can he's going to take a lot of shots, and he's going to need to make a lot of shots. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning on, on how good of a point guard he is because he does like to fire it up and he is going to fire it up. 
but he can also energize that team. He energizes the team by making big shots. He energizes the team with his speed and his intensity. However, the, the reason I say Wade or Booth is because Booth is, is that, that even-keel guy that is, is never too high, never too low. You want a guy that can energize you at times. You want a guy that can calm you down at times to, to be your leader, and, and that's what Booth is. And so I think those two guys um, really are going to be the catalyst to how this team plays out. One guy that we haven't talked about, Henry Coleman. You know, he, he's, he's just, he's, it, it's tough to be that, that energizer bunny from the post position when the ball doesn't go through you all the time, when you don't have, um, does he really have a set position? He's not a true back to the basket guy for, for A&M, but he's not a true stretch four just yet. Um, so it, he's in a tough position, but he is one of those leaders and he's one of the guys that he, he's very vocal. He'll tell people where they need to be and when they need when they need to be there, and he's not afraid of it. So um, there's just a mixture of, of players. I think it, it goes back to just the way Buzz coaches and builds his roster. They win by committee. They don't necessarily have one guy that can just change a game every day, night in and night out. Now Q became that guy. I don't know if Wade can become that guy. I don't. I don't think Booth is going to be that guy that just changes every single game night in and night out but uh this is a win by committee type of type of roster and i think that's how buzz teams usually always are logan lee with us here for one final question hey logan i don't know if you saw this but uh, joseph duarte in houston he covers the university of houston for the chronicle says um about the university of houston they're going to play in a 2023 charleston classic which could include or it says tentatively to include dayton minnesota st john's and either lsu or texas a&m um, don't know if you know much about future scheduling, but that being said, that would be a cool tournament to be a part of if, if it doesn't does happen, I should say. Yeah, I mean, Charleston's not a bad place. Uh, we we don't usually travel to uh, non-conference or or pre-conference tournaments, but uh, Nuno, we may we may need to think about what a trip to Charleston looks like. I, that would be a uh, yeah, that'd be a fun trip. I, I mean. I'm thinking more from a work perspective. We should absolutely go. Nothing social at all. We may be there three days before the games and three days after, but 100% agree with you, my friend. Absolutely, and, and I, I, I completely agree. It needs to be a work trip. We need to do maybe a site visit beforehand so we understand the landscape <laughs> so we can figure out the best workflow and the best work environment for us. Happy Thanksgiving, Logan. Thankful for you, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, Nunez. See you. Have a good Thanksgiving. Later, man. All right, Logan Lee there on the uh, hotline. All right, we'll come back with a short segment. It's Tech Radio. All right, we got a little short segment before we hit uh, the 10 o'clock hour, and then it'll be Recruiting Country with Ryan Broniger. And uh, let's just show the wide shot, can we? Hi, it's me. It's Ryan Broniger, TexasAgs.com, here with recruiting news. Ryan, can I ask you about the state of recruiting with Texas a Yeah, I got a lot to say, but I'll say I'll save it for ten o'clock. That's when we're we're sponsored by Caprock. How did you here. go from Bronny to Dalton in the same like you you had a great Hi. There we go. I got a lift today. I got to go to Needleland. I got to see PNG play this weekend. Is that where he's going? Yeah. Hey, done, Dalton. I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I thought I'd just pop in for a segment. 
Uh, we only had a couple minutes. We so. had like a minute and a half. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for all of you guys and no, this job and getting to work here and uh, be with my friends every day. That's what I'm thankful for on this Thanksgiving week. Favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Oh, green bean casserole. Olin's out on that. Well, Olin's senile, so... Have you, have you ever watched Magic Mike? No, can't say I have. Why? Yeah, just, well, because Olin said that that would be like my movie. <laughs> no, not no, at all. Your movie's Batman. Yeah, Batman. I'm Batman. They're, they're all good. And the new one wasn't that great, though. I liked it, but it wasn't great. You're right. The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. That's those are classics. That's peak. I'm gonna get in trouble for for yeah. being on here, probably. No, Rich, Richard's you're not. gonna Richard's gonna be mad at me. Richard will be. All right, we gotta hit a break here. When we come oh, where, back, where am I coming? Where's which camera are we doing? Hey, let's do it together. Let's do the big red camera. light. Let's go there, and then we're gonna Red. go to the... You say it, and I'll just mouth it. This is Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Keep that song going. Kennedy, who did you just say was singing? <laughs> I accidentally said Aaron Rodgers when I meant to say Aaron Rodgers. And Watson. I said, Aaron Rodgers? Because I didn't know who it was. Aaron Rodgers. Is this song about ayahuasca? It is Aaron Watson, of course. Yes, of course. I mean, who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know you that? You are a Texas country connoisseur. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I will say I've been watching, what's the name of that show, Yellowstone recently? There was an episode where they had this country band perform. Probably Shane Smith and the Saints. They're like the official band of Yellowstone. It was awesome. I yeah, was like, good. I could jam that. They're from East Texas. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that. It's Recruiting Country, presented by Caprock Health System, a faster patient-centered revolution in care with two ERs in the BCS, the original 24-hour ER in South Carolina Station on William D. Fitch, and the full-service hospital with ER in Bryan on Briarcrest, online at caprockhealthsystem.com. Ryan Broniger with us. Hello, buddy. Morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I'll let you tell what us. Is, what are your plans? Uh, tomorrow, we always, Elizabeth usually works in the morning because she works in fitness, so she'll have some class to go to. So the kids and I will probably watch a little bit of the parade in the morning. Um, and I always wait for the Latin act. They always invite one Latin act to do Who it. Who is it this year? I don't know. You didn't even look? I, I, a lot of times, I never look. I, if it's time, Bad Bunny, it'll be the best Thanksgiving ever. He won't be there. Oh. He's performing in Peru or somewhere right now. But uh, we'll watch that. We'll definitely watch World Cup. Yeah. And we'll watch a lot of football, go to Houston, see my mother-in-law, and also see my parents. Are they in A-Leaf? No, my mother-in-law's in A-Leaf, yeah. And my parents are in, in Greatwood, in Sugar Land. Oh, okay. So, okay. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm heading to Nederland today. Uh, we'll spend the night there tonight, and then tomorrow night we'll have, and tomorrow during the day, we'll have traditional Thanksgiving stuff. And back on the road Friday to Houston, I have two games Friday in Houston, one at the first one's at 1 o'clock at Delmore Stadium, Montgomery Lake Creek, undefeated against 11-12-1 or 12 and 1 Fort Bend Marshall. And then uh, we'll head over to NRG after that for a 6 o'clock kick between Brenham and PNG. Yeah. So full day of football on Friday afterward and then back to College Station. I got some buddies coming in town from Louisiana for the game and all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Side dish? So here's how I do it. I'm a big mixer. So I will put my black-eyed peas and my macaroni in my mashed potatoes, mix it up, and eat it that way. So, I, like, I consider that one side dish. I don't have a name for it. Okay. Well, but it's how did a, the three come together? How did, well, because I always have them on my plate next to each other, and then, like, there's always a little run, you know, yeah. kind of runs over, and then I guess I figured that out. But I've been doing it since I was in high school. And then – you know, back when I could eat whatever I wanted to when I was playing ball or in high school or in college and stuff, my grandmother, Nana Burgess, we call her Memo. Okay. 
Mama would make me my own personal chocolate ice box pie, and I would eat an entire pie for Thanksgiving. All right. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the best. And then sometimes she would make too much of the chocolate filling, and she'd set it in a bowl. Extra. Extra, and I'd put it in the refrigerator for the next day. Oh, that's such a great move. I mean, enjoy. If you're out there and you can eat whatever you want, if you're young enough to be able to eat whatever you want, do it. Because there's going to be a time in your life, probably in your late 20s, early 30s, where that is going to completely disappear. And you just look at a chocolate icebox pie, and you'll gain two or three pounds. You gain weight. So are you going to be carb-free tomorrow? Uh, No. Okay. No. You're I mean, all back in. Listen, man, like I at one point in my life I was stay on your diet even if if Thanksgiving obviously is on a Thursday, you stay on your diet because your cheat days are on Sundays. But dude, I'm 36 now. Like I'm going to enjoy life. I, I I take care of my stuff in the gym. I eat right all the other days. I'm not going to skip a, a celebratory thing with my family because I'm on a diet. Do you ever cuz I do sometimes? punish yourself in a way after having too much like where you're like all right gotta do extra an hour today extra hour, hour of you know I, I will go like uh we won't have anything open tomorrow in Nederland in terms of like a gym mm-hmm. but we the football stadium's open so it's usually pretty crowded on Thanksgiving day at the football stadium people trying to get some form of cardio in so I'll probably walk the bleachers a few times in the morning uh then eat and then go back and maybe walk the bleachers at night but you know I don't punish myself I, I thought about doing a 24-hour fast before i eat tomorrow like start it today i don't think you have to do that just eat that's what those competitive eaters do like they'll have green like uh green tea unsweetened green tea or coffee straight coffee black and that's it for 24 hours and mm. then they'll go do their eating competition or whatever just don't eat like a punk right like eat what, what you mean? want like don't have eat. nine plates if you want to have your two plates of everything fine like well, I think, too, eating until you are like have gorged yourself, you always feel worse. Always. Right? So, like, eat till you're comfortable and even, like, a little full. But, like, if you just stuff it in where it's coming out the top of your throat, you are going to be miserable. Like, you won't be able to do anything else. So, the other day, uh, we had pizza, right? And I, I eat pizza. And I had, and this is a place that does the thick, big pizza. And I, I think I had three slices, and which other place would be, like, six slices mm-hmm. of that kind of pizza. And I wanted that fourth one. But I didn't really want it. But I wanted it. My mind told me I wanted it. But I was full. And I decided against it. And the whole time I was debating in my head, I should just have the fourth one. Just have, just, go, just stop. Just. <laughs> and then about 20 minutes later, I was like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have the fourth well, one. Well, you can realize the only pe- person that it matters to is you. That's it. Like nobody in the rest of the world cares whether you eat that fourth slice, slice or not. Or sometimes I want to have it so the kids don't have it because like they're just eating just to eat. Like They can eat anything. Like You can eat candy. You can eat peanut butter sandwich. You do... You, let me have the good, yummy food. <laughs> well, such is the state of a recruiting, I guess, that yeah, we're so, talking about food. So let's talk about a it. A month away from signing day. Where are we? Well, got a decision coming tomorrow from Converse Judson defensive lineman Johnny Bowens. And we felt good about A&M coming off of his visit a couple of weeks ago. Then he goes to Oregon. Uh, I think I'd lean a little A&M, but, like, this is not definitive at all. Like – there are some people that are confident that it's going to be Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think the proximity to San Antonio is going to help A&M a lot in playing in the SEC. Um, from what we understand, the family really likes the idea of being able to come to see him play and coming to see him during the week if they need to, that kind of thing. Uh, but Oregon has made this thing really tough. And so, like, I'm not definitively saying one way or the other. Um, if I had to guess, I talked to some fo- folks this week that were 
felt pretty good about A&M, but not overly confident. Uh, and then some sources on, on this thing have gone quiet. So when the sources go quiet, it's never really a good sign. So it, we're trying to gather as much intel as we can. Hopefully we'll have something by tonight. Uh, but he's set to make a decision tomorrow, and I think it'll be A&M or Oregon. Texas is the other school in the top three. Uh, I do not think they're a factor. You don't think they're a factor? No. Um, what about Anthony Hill? Well, yeah, you got to try to get him back on campus. And, and I think really the, sto- more, the bigger story is I mean, I, nothing's changed really on that front. The fact that he didn't commit to Texas is big. Um, but Alabama's making a run. Ohio State's making a run. We'll see if USC does anything. Like, he's certainly got plenty of options between now and if he chooses to sign early. And I think he's an early enrollee, so he'll have to sign early. Can you get him back to campus? I'm not saying next week. I don't think they're going anywhere next or this coming week. Excuse me. I don't think they're going to be at any games this coming weekend, from what I understand. Uh, I believe Jason reported that. No games for the Hills this weekend. But can you get him back between next weekend and early signing day? Ideally, could you get him back on that December 16th weekend when DJ Hicks will be here on his official visit, right? And so, Which is, what, five days before signing day? Right. So if you can do that, that'd be obviously really, really big. I don't know. I think A&M is doing all they can to stay in the mix there, uh, but they haven't decided on, on a next official – or excuse me, a next visit date in College Station, whereas DJ Hicks has. DJ Hicks will be here this weekend, as will Damian Sanford. Both of those commits are coming off of uh, visits to Oregon and Oklahoma in back-to-back weeks. Uh, really some momentum coming off of the Oklahoma visit for both of them and A&M has weathered that storm pretty well from what we understand this week in terms of conversations they've had with the A&M staff, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think that it's done and dusted with either. I think you're going to have to fight to keep them, but, uh, but they can. And whereas maybe Sunday night, some of the stuff we were hearing was like there, there could be uh, some, some really rocky waters to navigate on those coming off their visit to Oklahoma. So I think A&M's done as good of a job as you could on the other side of that visit. And uh, then getting them here this weekend, and now you know with DJ scheduling his official visit for the 16th, right before signing day, uh, A&M's going to have the last shot to keep him, and uh, certainly that, that's a big, huge development for this recruiting class. Yeah, no doubt about that. And look, there's nothing good that has come out of this season, nothing at all. So, but follow me on this question. Maybe it allows them a little bit more opportunity to do what they need to do over the next three weeks because there is no other focus. Yeah, and the hard part about it is if you're adding from the prep ranks, a lot of them are going to have to be flips. Now, coaching carousel can lead to a lot of kids backing off their commitment or at least opening the door for A&M to wiggle in, right? And I'm not talking – it can be an assistant coach. It can be um, a recruiting coordinator. It can be a head coach. Anybody, All this coaching carousel stuff that happens in the next month, month, two, month and a half, I I think – is beneficial for A&M mm-hmm. uh, in this recruiting cycle. Now, again, like this period between LSU and the early signing day, what do your visitor list look like heading into that, uh, that early signing period? You could, theoretically, with all this stuff happening, it, you know, we don't know what's going to happen here in College Station in a week. We don't know what A&M's portal situation is going to look like. But there are plenty of names in state that could potentially visit between now and early signing day. 
you're going to have to get them. You have to to put up a recruiting pitch that is sound and sounds good enough to get them their attention to get them back on campus. You're going to show them a direction, man. Like because you you're not going to be able to show them what you what they've seen. What they've seen is four and seven. Yeah. So that's not going to resonate with anybody. So you're going to have to show them a vision again um, and sell them on that. And you've only got what eleven commitments. If you get Johnny Bowens, Demora, it would be 12. And we've said that they're going to sign probably between 20 and 23. There's eight to 10 spots left. Now, some of those will be portal, I, I would imagine. But how much are you going to allocate to high school recruits? I think that's a conversation that you definitely have to have. And you, ha- you better have a, a firm number on what you need out of the portal. Do you s- foresee at some point – I mean, we've got – Less than a month, a quarterback or a running back. Yeah, and uh, I do. And I saw the tweet that everybody was reacting mm-hmm. to. Okay, you got your likes and your retweets out of it. Like I, again, it was. It's very obvious. We've talked about it how many times they don't have any offensive skill positions committed yet. They can get them. You know, uh, I don't think that there's any kind of crazy circumstance where they get them. Uh, but in the end, it's about what you add to your roster, whether it be from the high school ranks or from the portal or from the junior college ranks. It's about roster additions, right? And that's mm-hmm. what you need is roster additions. So I would love to see them sign a, a prep quarterback. I don't know unless they're going to broaden their search in the second signing window. I don't know that you're going to be able to get one early unless something wild and crazy happens like with an Austin Nova side, which I don't see that coming to fruition. or a name pops up that's going to visit this weekend uh, that we haven't talked about much. So I would like to – I think you have to sign a prep quarterback, man. Like I think there's a real value in doing that because of what your roster could look like next year, especially if Connor Wigman's going to be your guy. Um, you're going to have to have somebody come in behind him. Right. Because I don't know that a transfer portal quarterback and older kid's going to want to come in with a returning sophomore that everybody's kind of hanging their hat for the program on. Right. Yeah, let's uh, let's explore that a little bit more. Also, want to ask you about some others that uh, A&M is in dialogue with right now. We're talking Heritage Films, Chance McLean's company. They're a great company. Just check them out at Heritage. Uh, excuse me, yourheritagefilm.com, yourheritagefilm.com, 713-893-8341, 713-893-8341. So obviously tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Imagine having Chance McLean and his group out there. And it might be awkward for you. I think it'd be kind of cool to have a you know a whole film crew there filming Thanksgiving dinner and talking to grandma on the side and talking to mom and, you know, what like everything that goes into how they prepare for it. And then the kids get shots of them and talk to, you know, the, the dad. And it would just be a cool thing, like eye in the sky kind of event and then like have it captured in a documentary form or actually turn it into just a documentary about somebody in your family like your dad. That's what Chance does with Heritage Films. He did it for my pops. He can do it for yours as well. Uh, it's just a cool place that does great storytelling about your family. Netflix-style documentary. Two-hour films we're talking about that Chance puts together in about eight to ten weeks. You're missing out if you haven't reached out to Chance. Uh, you can do it directly. 713-893-8341. 713-893-8341. Or go to yourheritagefilm.com. Again, that's yourheritagefilm.com. And we're back. Recruiting country. Who is this? Kennedy, do you know who this is? Aaron Rodgers. It's not Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't hear it because 
Bronny was yelling no, over I there. No, I didn't yell. I thought that was Nick yelling at us that we were about to come back. It was Richard, right? But it was Richard. It was what Richard. Did you, what did you say how I couldn't discern Richard from Nick Kennedy? I'm, I didn't say anything. She was like, you couldn't tell by the pitch of the voice that it was. Bronny, you gotta stop. You gotta stop exposing me. No, actually, let's go back and. Hey, you know what? How are you? How are you feeling? I feel. Old. We don't have Do to you? talk about it. So look, one foot in the grave. What I heard. Yeah. Well, here's the the funny thing. I've always been like the young old guy, right? Yeah. Like even when I was 15, I looked nine. When I was 30, some people thought I looked in my 20s. At almost 50, I've always been told, "Oh, you look like late 30s, maybe." Yeah, early yeah, yeah. Kennedy thought I was like 60. No, no, no. Let me clear how this up. Let me clear this up. Bronny told me, I don't even know how we got into the conversation. I think we were talking about Logan Lee and his headshot from Hawaii, and then we somehow transitioned into David. Okay. I asked Bronny, how old is David? And he goes, 50, no, or nearing exactly 50. Exactly not what I said. No, it is exactly what I said. He's what he in said. his mid 40s. I don't know exactly. No, what you it is. said he is late 40s, nearing 50. And I go, there is no way that David Nuno is nearing 50 years old. Right, right. And then she's, I said, yeah. And then is. I made I comments good. that I retract. And she's like, man, we're going to have to start looking for a new radio host. He's got one foot in the grave. Is that what you said? Is that right? <laughs> well, you may have to fire one <laughs> if I upset the right enough people. Yeah, I will say this. It's not about the fitness. It's not. It's like my dad, who's 92, who's aged over the last few years because he's in the 90s, has always looked like he looks like he's in his 80s. And when he was 60, he was playing baseball. Actually, good genetics. My dad, like four years ago, we did home run derby in the front yard with a wiffle ball with my kids. He was playing. Like, did he win? No, I, I demolished him and my kids. The, the boys were like yeah, yeah, four yeah. years ago, nine, four, ten, whatever they were. What are, what are you going to do when Christian and Cruz want to start working out? Are you going to work out with them? They do work out. With they, you? In, in fact, uh, they woke up yesterday, sometimes with me, they woke up yesterday at 5.30 in the morning to lift before the World Cup, like the games that they want to yeah. watch. They okay. don't lift very often because they're cross-country kids. Yeah, yeah. and No, but they, they're... In, okay. I have a feeling they're going to be like jacked, jacked. Well, if they walk into the gym like during a holiday, like Christmas holidays, and I walk in there and I see you with both of them and they're both got... Cut off sleeve, sleeve shirts, shirts on, and they're squatting with those shoes. Well, there, there needs to be a family photo taken. Well, we, we may do like the the midriff shirt because they, oh, they, yeah. they got they got the six pack. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've got that. Right. Eat whatever you want, twins. Keep eating whatever you they, want. And they do, and they yeah. do. No, they do. Hey, uh, let's get back on to recruiting country here, presented by Caprock Health System. By the way, I haven't asked for questions. We only got a few minutes left. If you want to uh, send a question to Bronny, you can do that on the A and B text line. I have some more stuff. Okay, what do no, you want to I was just thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, DJ Lagway is supposed to commit on December 7th. Heard yesterday that I, more information that I think that's going to be an out-of-state school. Okay. Now, who knows, what, again, what's going to happen in College Station. I think everybody, there's a lot of kids waiting to see what goes on here in the next two to three months. Uh, and I think if, I think there are some moves that can be made that would catch the attention of a lot of kids in the state. And going forward, if there's one school that I believe could ruffle the feathers of whichever school DJ picks, I think it'll be Texas A&M. I, I, I really think, had things gone differently in College Station this year, I don't, I'm not saying that, even, that DJ would even be making a commitment right now, but if things would have gone different, I, I would feel a lot better about A&M's chances. So let's just say they hit a home run with an OC. You could see some ripple effects. Sure, quickly. absolutely. Without question. The number one question that I get on this phone from people around Houston is, what are they going to do? What's, what's about to happen? And then the other one is, you know, 
it's kids inquiring interest from other places. Like, what's A&M got here? What's, and my, question, my answer is like, I don't, we don't know anything. We legitimately, and I said on Mikey Matuk's show, um, he asked me about transfer portal stuff. And I was like, look, we, everybody's going to deal with it. I, don't, I can't sit here and tell you that A&M's for sure going to lose 12 kids off last year's class or the roster or whatever. I don't know. I don't know specifics at all. But everybody's going to have to deal with it, right? So A&M will be the headline in that, though. Well, every, everybody wants their pound of flesh. It, yeah. It's time for you to get – you know, A&M had the number one recruiting class. People didn't like that they did it. And so now that things are going negatively, it is their chance to really dig in and get their pound of flesh. And, and they're going to do it. So don't be surprised that you know, A&M may have a kid leave and Arkansas, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma may have kids leave and one is going to get blown up more than the other because they want it to be as bad as possible. Every, every program is going through similar stuff that a and going through. I'm very confident in saying that. Yeah, didn't somebody from Alabama just hit the portal too or they're about to hit the portal? Like there's, there's a lot of – you're going to see it. And it well, I saw, I saw how the response to like when Donnell Harris announced that he was going to the transfer portal. Which like, he was medically retired, we thought, right? Right. He, he didn't even, wasn't even on the roster this year. And I think Donnell's a good player. He was a highly recruited kid coming out of high school. And I'm, I'm hoping that he's back to full health and can go and play. And, uh, you know, it's his life. He wants to live his dream of playing college football. But that's not something that needs to be blown up. And it's not some kind of innuendo or um, state of the program, state kind of, the program yeah. kind of commentary. By the way, thank you to Gary on the Texax chat. 2-0, España. Okay. I didn't know you were pulling for Spain. 100% pulling for Spain. I, I'm USA first, and then yeah. Spain 1-B. Okay. Um, well, just because it's all your guys from Real Madrid? Well, there actually aren't a lot of Real Madrid guys on that team. But, but, my, but my family's, you know, it's Spain. Spain, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and what if Cuba made it? Well, they don't play soccer in Cuba. They box and they play. I mean, they do play soccer, but they're... Again, I didn't get into soccer until really my kids got into it, and then it became a family love. Like, I didn't watch it growing up at all. I, I didn't either. I, I became best friends with a guy at McNeese that uh, very, very German, and we would go over to his house and play FIFA, and that's how I got hooked on soccer. And your team Arsenal's kicking butt this year. We'll see what happens after this World Cup break. I got my fingers crossed. What other uh, little notes and nuggets do you want to give us? Well, I mentioned the DJ Hicks and Damian Sanford. I think that was of paramount importance to talk about today because that's kind of the biggest, one of the bigger things that A&M's dealing with right now is navigating those two recruitments. We haven't heard much on Chase Basantis. He doesn't do many interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that string of tweets and you know, cleared his Instagram of A&M stuff that always makes you wonder in today's day and age of recruiting. What that means, yeah. But he hasn't decommitted yet. Um, that's one we're watching. It's just because – it's, he's such an enigma in terms of like he just doesn't do any media and he's yeah. so far away and he hasn't he hasn't visited A and M. That would be one of the major things I'm pushing for is how do I get Chase Basantis on campus between now and the early signing period? Three nil. Uh, a Real Madrid player did score Marco Asensio, but it's uh, they just scored on a PK. I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy. I'm more worried about what's going to go down on Friday. Uh, England USA. Yeah. I'm Can we really, get a point? I'm really worried about that game. Can we get a point? Because I have a feeling Wales is going to run all over Good Iran. Time. Iran? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not going to be good. Any other thing you want to say, or you want to just say happy Thanksgiving? Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat all the pie you want. Don't be like Nuno. Uh, I, I, what kind, what's your favorite pie? I'm not really a pie guy. Oh, but, man, I but love I mean, pie. Uh, my mom. How about you? Pecan pie. 
I like chocolate pie. Chocolate pie, banana cream pie, lemon ice box pie, sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie. Sweet potato pie, no. Sweet potato pie is not a dessert pie. Are you crazy with cinnamon and whipped cream? I don't know if I've ever had sweet potato pie. I don't think I want my potatoes in a pie. Uh, yeah, I'm not no, a... crazy. I Y'all ain't never no. had sweet potato pie. No, never no. in my life. Not real Southern. Like, Whatever. no, no, I'm not. Let me get out of here. Uh, uh, I'm Nobody's more as Southern as you, Bronny. Actually, Cuba's more Southern than all of us. That's right. Not Southern United States. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Bronny. <laughs> yeah. Time to talk about Millican Reserve. That's Southern for you. Uh, Farm the Table community in College Station. They got homes. They got trails. They got wide open spaces. And their mission is to build a healthy community around nature. They are uh, committed to trading lightly on the land. And Millican Reserve is creating a sanctuary for family, nature, and community. Wonderful place to go walk and just enjoy. If you're into walking, I love to walk. Dalton likes to walk. Bronny, I, I assume, likes to walk. It's a great place to go. Just enjoy nature out there. Um, they've got it all out there. 2,600 acres of open space, farms, and trails. Uh, they've got a lot of species out there, a variety of native species that find their homes there in the preserved woods and the ponds and the creeks. White-tailed deer, the songbirds, the rabbits, the turtles. And uh, homeowners there at Millican Reserve share a legacy of conservation, which means that generation after generation, you're going to come home to the same pristine countryside. Just a beautiful place to explore. Go check it out. Learn more at MillicanReserve.com. That is MillicanReserve.com. This is a jam right here, Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. When I hear it, I think about the World Cup and Peter Burns at the same time. SEC Network and ESPN uh, personality and our good friend Peter. Good morning, sir. What's up? Um, it makes me, it reminds me of like this is the time of year where I'm starting to get ready for Robert O'Keefe's Christmas show. You know, like a little Merry Christmas to the family. Like it was always like around like Thanksgiving and that full month that we would go to like Floors Country Store you know, or Green Hall and go see him play. So uh, I can't believe the goat's retired, man. I know, uh, man. Sad day. Sad day. Hey, (laughs) did you ever get your answer about uh, Team USA or the U.S. men's national team, uh, what college football team they would be? Did you get a good answer for that? Yeah, so I put that on on Twitter about, like, I was trying to find out how much I need to buy into this team. And what's funny is, People And I said, all right, I look at everything through the prism of college football. So if the USA national team was a college football team, what would it be? And it was funny because the amount of people from across the country said one of two teams. They said it was Texas or Texas A&M. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious that it was one of those two, that they were big brands, a lot of explosiveness, but haven't been able to kind of punch through as much kind of you know credit that that those teams traditionally normally get, and I found that to be hilarious. As far as you know, we could have picked 131 teams, David, and and the amount of people that picked those two were were I mean overwhelming favorites. Yeah, I'm Is that trying. Fair? To, I don't know because I I love soccer and I'm thinking to myself what would be fair because the U.S. men's national team has although they have a lot of players now playing internationally. Uh, Christian Pulisic um, obviously comes to mind, and Weston McKinney at Juventus, and there's some big names. But again, the best players in this country play football and baseball and basketball. They're not the best athletes, I should say. So, I uh, I would think maybe I don't know, not TCU this year. I'm trying to think of like a, a program that gets pretty good guys that has potential but doesn't get over the hump, and whoever that may be. Um. Yeah, I'm thinking like. I was going to say, could it be? No, I was gonna, well, maybe Kansas is a weird one because Kansas had started the season good, but then a lot of times they were just terrible. And there was going to be years, I mean, hell, there was eight, you know, two World Cups we didn't even qualify for. 
But even going back in the day, we've had a little bit of success. So maybe not Kansas. I'm, I was trying to think, because you're right. I mean, like a younger kid now, you know, and there's more training camps available, you know, and training, you know, uh, opportunities for young athletes to play that. But, I mean, the juice is around football. The juice is around uh, basketball, around baseball, not so much soccer in, in the United States. Although I, I do, do understand that it's growing a lot. Yeah, it is it's definitely growing. Hey, so... I'm going to ask you, because I know you watch all the SEC games. That I know. But LSU, you obviously have a different kind of lens when you watch them. Are they as good as they're ranking? And what I mean by that is, this is, like, they're winning. Obviously, they're that good. But are they a vulnerable good? See where I'm going with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's you got to parse, parse that question out a couple of different ways. One, are they the fifth best team in college football, I don't think so. Um, and I say that as an LSU fan. Like, I don't think they're the fifth-best team. But then I look around and go, well, who is? And, and who deserves to be that team? I, I don't know. Like, I, I think we got a couple of dominant teams, and everybody else is, is pretty good as far as when you get into that top 15. So I think that's part of it. Are they vulnerable? Yeah, I think they're vulnerable. But the question is, are they vulnerable against a Texas A&M team that is banged up? Um, kind of at the tail end of the of the season, and has had to deal with all their offensive woes. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, and and this is you know more of kind of a credit to Brian Kelly. Like, I I've never looked at a And I've always been worried about the A and M game because I felt like maybe you know they overlooked it sometimes, and even though it was a big game, like it could be kind of lost. I don't feel like that's the case with Brian Kelly this year. I, you know, I almost feel like for Brian Kelly. He's done a, such a good job, David, when I've talked to people around that program that, that are day in and day out there that says every week is its own box. You know, we don't think about last week. We don't think about next week. We think about this week. And I haven't heard that out of LSU in a long, long time. And that's the reason why I think I have a lot more confidence in LSU than I traditionally would against, you know, a feisty team that this is their now their Super Bowl to make the season. So I'm coming at this now from a complete A&M bias lens. If I'm the SEC, I am totally worried about what's about to happen at A&M because they're at a crossroads that if they bring in the right offensive guy, all the ammunition the last uh, few years of why A&M wasn't going to reach that level is gone. If they get the right guy, and of course they got to keep some people, then they are going to be at that same level that we thought they could be this year, except the offense was always the thing holding them back. Uh, I mean, think about what LSU was prior to 2019. LSU was like, dear God, if they ever got a quarterback in an offense, what are you going to unleash? Well, the answer was the, one of the greatest seasons in the history of college football history, right? Um, and, and But that's because you had the right offensive-minded guy. Joe Brady had, the, had great schemes. And, and, and a blueprint for it. And you also had a quarterback that was great. Now, remember going back, David, to your point, Joe Burrow was not good in 2018. Like, he wasn't the Joe Burrow we know him to be, the, the legendary 2019. Like, he was an above-average quarterback. He was fine as a quarterback. But it wasn't until they came in and they really worked that offseason and they had a great offensive blueprint to where all of a sudden it was like, holy hell. So who's to think Connor Wigman can't get the right guy in here. I mean, hell, I, you know, all joking aside, I know that he, he was at OC and on the NFL level, 
But why would I not look and make a phone call to Joe Brady and go, hey, man, I know you're, you're out in the NFL. You didn't really care about the college game. But we're going to give you a boatload of money to kind of replicate the schemes and what you did. And if for no other reason, bring them in for a consulting gig in the offseason to be like, hey, what do you got here for us? Take a look at some stuff. Because that led to the growth of, of Connor uh, or, or Joe Burrow, which, yeah, people are afraid if A&M gets it together offensively, what that thing could do. What do you think about the job Cadillac's doing there with Auburn? I mean, again, I, I had him on my show on Monday, dude, and it, it's awesome. Just We get caught up in, you know, who's going to be hired for this? And at the end of the day, you realize, man, like, Cadillac just wants to be there. He has a good time. The guys, I think there was so much angst around that program that he just kind of looked at them to a man and be like, hey, man, this is why you came here. This wasn't NIL. This wasn't anything. Like, you just want to be about Auburn football. And he tapped into that, and he and the guys are playing. The guys are playing great. But the thing is, too, what's interesting is they're actually playing really good defense, which I wouldn't have thought was kind of the calling card. The secondary has been great. So, I mean, listen, if they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, you know, he at least becomes a much more interesting solution for Auburn going forward. I don't know if he ends up being the guy, but um, it's 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 always interesting. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Auburn's probably going to beat Alabama. And for no other reason, the Auburn head coaching search is always a weird search. We'll put it that way. How much do you think Lane's loving this? Like, he's getting this attention. He's getting paid one way or another. Either Ole Miss is going to pay him more, or he's really going to take this Auburn gig. Yeah, I, I think everybody's focusing, and I, and, and I understand it. I think everybody's focusing on, hey, is Lane going to take Auburn? And we're not focusing on the fact that are we a thousand percent sure that Auburn won Lane, right? Like, I mean, again, like if Auburn if Auburn wanted Lane, why would we even be having these discussions, right? And maybe listen, maybe they do hire him, but I, I think that we've always jumped to the conclusion that well, oh, it's a no brainer that Auburn's going to want Lane Kiffin, like, and I I don't know, like John Cohen is is a really buttoned up athletic director and. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that there's some parts that, that make total sense for Lane to be at Auburn, and there's some parts that be like, man, that's just not going to be the right fit. Um, could he have success there? Absolutely. There's no doubt. Um, but, at, you know, is that the guy that's who they necessarily want, or can you get that success with a Hugh Freeze or someone else? I, I don't know. Like, And it's kind of, a, kind of an interesting situation, too, because what happens, David? I mean, what happens if all of a sudden, you know, Lane's kind of flirting back and forth with him. He wants the Auburn job or, you know, or whatnot, and he doesn't get the Auburn job. It kind of makes for an awkward situation in Oxford, right? Sure does. Sure does. Talking to uh, Peter Burns here on Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Here's one for you. Like, uh, I guess there is some Armageddon that could happen in the SEC, but more than likely, Alabama is not going to be playing in the playoffs. So how is Bryce Young going to be remembered at Alabama without a national championship? Boy, it's a, it's a great question because I think that'll probably be one of the things that Nick Saban is upset about because he loves Bryce so much that he, they didn't win a national championship with him. I still think he goes down as one of the most talented wide receiver or quarterbacks that we've seen. I mean, oh, Heisman Trophy winner, you know, at that age. But I, I, I think he's looked better than Mac Jones. I think he's looking, you know, looks better. About the same thing as Tua, but at least Tua was able to bring them a national championship game. And I think we'll end up knowing Bryce Young more for his NFL career, either good or 
NFL career than really his his thing with Alabama. And and that's crazy to say because he's a Heisman Trophy Award winner. But I almost feel like when you're at Alabama, to be remembered as one of the greats, you have to win a national championship game because that's that's the kind of gold standard. And for him not to do it is, is kind of shocking, to be honest with you. All right, follow up to that. How about Stetson Bennett? If he gets another national championship, how's he going to be remembered? I mean, he's already a, a damn legend, right? I mean, Stetson Bennett will never have to pay for a drink in the state of Georgia in, in ever. I mean, he could run for mayor. Um, it, to go back-to-back when everybody said it, I mean, again, we could at Disney, we could give a script to script writers, and they would come back with this Stetson Bennett story, and, we'd be, and we would give, it, give them back the script because we'd be like, no, no. No, no actual people would believe that this was a real movie. Like it's too cheesy of a script. Yep. If he comes back and and off the team and then you know back to back, and I think they're good. I think they're great, man. Um, I, but again, I think every team is susceptible. I don't think there's any unbelievable powerhouse teams this year. I like. I, I think LSU handily beats A and M this weekend, and I think that we look at this LSU Georgia game. As being a, hey, if LSU can catch them on the right night, they can win it. Um, now watch A&M put up 63 on uh, on LSU like South Carolina just did to Tennessee. I don't think that'll happen because LSU's defense is that good. But, um, again, there, there's just something weird about this LSU team, and they're playing with house money as well, too, right? They weren't supposed to be here. They could go in loose, and, um, and I, I think that could be a little bit more of an interesting game in Atlanta than people give it credit for. Peter, last thing for you, TCU. What do you think, man? I mean, they, they've, they've got it. The path is right there for them. Do they end up in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, begrudgingly. And I mean, because I think they, uh, I think they deserve it. I just, there's nothing about that team excites me. And, and, and hell, I guess that's wrong with me as just a college football fan. Like, I appreciate what they do. I like the job Sonny Dykes is doing. But I look at this and I'm like, is it weird that I would rather have USC in there. Is it weird that I would rather see, um, you know, all of a sudden, hell, I almost rather see Clemson at, at that point um, than a TCU squad. So I don't know. I, and uh, maybe that says me more about the brand of TCU football, but um, the, help, the job that he's done is incredible, man. Peter, have a great Thanksgiving, sir. We'll talk to you soon. You, buddy. See ya. Later, man. Peter Burns here. Peter Burns. On Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right, my friends, it is now time for the Human Performance Minute, presented by Huffines Institute for Sports Performance at Texas A&M. The website is huffinesinstitute.org. All right, Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Anchorman Voice here. We've got a couple of minutes before we are done. We are doing a best of show tomorrow. Uh, best of this week, I think. I don't know. It'll be good. Uh, up to the second college football comes out, the best show you're not watching. That'll be on later on tonight. And uh, we'll be back in studio on Friday. Typical show, the McKinney brothers, uh, the Looch, and, of course, OB. Let's go to the News and Social Center. Kennedy Cavins always got good thoughts. Kennedy. So, in these last few minutes, I think that we should rank top five all-time Thanksgiving foods, like main dishes, side dishes, your top five. Do you think people care? I mean, I care about Thanksgiving food, but that's because I love Thanksgiving a lot. Okay. So I, I when I, I like dark meat. That's, uh, you're not a dark meat person? I'm, you know what? This is what I do. I get to my aunt's house. I go straight for the turkey because I'm not a big ham girl. I'm a turkey girl. So I grab my turkey and that's all I really think about the meat. 
That's it. That's the extent of my thought process. Well, I, uh, I, I don't like dry food, okay? And I think the dark meat. So I'm going to go dark meat chicken, or excuse me, turkey. I'm going A. B, um, give me some options. I don't know. Um, corn, green beans, mashed potatoes, cream corn. Cream corn. Cream corn's I, good. I like cream. Jalapeno cream corn. I like both of those, yep. I like Rolls. Both. I like rolls, yeah. I, I can't put a ranking on it. I'm trying to think. I like macaroni a lot. Love like macaroni. twice baked macaroni and cheese with a little breadcrumbs on top. Or yeah. Are we talking just noodles and no, cheese? No, I mean I, I like it better the way you described it. There, little, yeah. Twice baked with the with the breadcrumbs on top. The That's the only on way to do it. I mean, you can have it the other way too. It's, I mean, they're yeah, both delicious. But, mm. Can you pass up macaroni if like it's on the stove and you see you don't want to put a spoon no. in it and just take it? No, you yeah. cannot. You never can pass up macaroni and cheese ever. Like, ever. I mean, they call me healthy guy. I see it. I take it. Yeah. And I hope that my kids don't see it's there and I take some from their plate. Exactly. I don't care. My, no, my father will straight up, because we always sit next to each other, he will straight up reach over and just scoop my food onto his plate when there is plenty of other food in the kitchen. But for some reason, it's just better off of my plate. You know, a quality move that I've, I still do from time to time. If we go to, let's say, Chick-fil-A, the waffle fry, every kid, there's a, there's a fry tax you have to pay. Mm-hmm. And also, when I'm handing them the food in the back of the car sometimes... I actually, I steal an extra one. So, and they don't give you that much. So there's double. Yeah. I bet your dad stole a chicken nugget or two before in the past. Oh, 100%. Typical dad move. Yeah. It's a great move. It's great. Yeah. I have a question for y'all. Yes, who, so who in y'all's families actually cooks the food? Because for me, the Savage household, my father actually does all the cooking. It is definitely on my side of the family. My mom does 92% of it. It brings her joy. And I'm like, you're, you're, mom, you can relax. No, I want to do it. And on my mom's side or my wife's side is my mother-in-law. Kevin? My family, everybody kind of contributes. Me and my mom, I'm actually going home today. We're going to be making our three assigned foods. My old dad or my uncle Jeff is what his real name is, um, makes the stuffing. And then they all contribute to the turkey. And then all the sides are just... We kind of distribute throughout each family member. There you go. Thank you very much. Yep. That was not a good yep. I mean, that was like one of those, like, I don't care. Uh, 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 whatever. Uh, it's what? a Wednesday morning. Whatever. Look at that accent, too. <laughs> Great job, Kennedy. Thank you. Appreciate you. Nick, pretty good job today. Pretty good. Appreciate it. Thankful. Happy Thanksgiving, David and happy Kennedy. Thanks- yeah. Happy- yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for Tech Radio. Um, obviously, I said thanks to those two. How about Olin Buchanan, Ryan Broninger, Peter Burns, John Harris, our friends there from Bonfire. That news earlier, they're going to have to postpone it. Looking at a date in December. Uh, I think they said the 16th or maybe in January. So they're still trying to figure out that because of the weather. Uh, our thanks to all of you. I hope you have a wonderful... I'm looking at the wrong camera. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for uh, watching and listening. We will see you all Friday morning. Tomorrow's the best update. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone.